Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Do you remember where you were when we elected a Sasquatch president? How about when you learned Ben Franklin was a robot? Or first heard Stalin's mixtape? I'm Zach Powers. I'm Brian Flynn, and we host The Revisionists. Each episode, one person explains real history and another tells an alternate version. And the winner becomes the truth. We let comics from Denver and around the country run wild through history. It's an in-depth look at history, but with more Babadooks. Check out The Revisionists, available every other Saturday. Wherever you get podcasts and at revisionistpodcast.com. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. I'm Andre Gower. And I'm Ryan Lambert. And you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic-Con 2018 and beyond. I am Ryan, with me is Zach and Brad, and we're welcoming back our guest, Corinne. Yay, Corinne, what's hey, up? What's up, guys? You know, me and you saw each other in our natural habitats. In natural a, habitats, what are we, animals? Yes, when we work, we are. Yeah, you were covering scary. an event in Idaho Springs, mm-hmm. and I was following the people picking up the donkey shit. <laughs> Well, I, I, yeah. I, I told the chief, the chief was, I don't know if you saw me, he was running around on his bike as bike mm-hmm, cop. I did. And uh, doing a great job. But I was watching it and it was a bunch of kids like picking up the donkey crap in the oh, street. Oh, in that weird ass looking costume? Yes. Uh, the prospector scary, or something. And uh, like so I decided to get behind him and like keep my backlights on so people didn't run over the children. That's my contribution to the borough races. Did you stay for the whole thing? No. No. We had other things to do. I don't even know where the bro. It like went up Virginia Canyon or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once it leaves the city, I don't care. That's and then they ended at the uh, the Elks Club. Yep. And then they had a bunch of donkeys where everyone could uh, pet them. Mm-hmm. Good times. And then they had another parade last week, too, for Memorial Day. So we, we have a parade almost every week in the summer at Idaho Springs, I think. Really? No. I made that up, but it seems like it. I was just thinking, we have, like, Dynamite Days coming up soon. I was just thinking, yeah. the, for low-level, like, offenders, like, traffic tickets and stuff like that, instead of paying a fine, make them pick up donkey shit for a day. That would be sweet. Yeah. Community service. No mm. news. No nose plug. You don't have to stop the show. <laughs> we don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm trying just, like, to covertly stealing. fix this. Oh, Brad, so that's uh, the one I used Mike. last week. It's uh, canted a little bit to the left. Canted? Is that a scientific term? Uh, Podcaster no. term? Uh, that is um, when you uh, hold a weapon. Mm. You cant it a little bit. Oh, so, so it's police talk. It is police talk. 
Yes. So, anyways, on Real Nerds Podcast, every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience. Wasn't that great podcasting we just did yes. of trying to fix the mic? And everyone is so th- enthralled. In fact, people are so enthralled with Real Nerds Podcast. Before I get to the movie we saw, which was Ocean's 8, um, we'll talk about the movie and spoil it. And just so you know, we'll say if you should see it, play the trailer, then spoil it. And it's a caper movie, so you should probably uh, not listen to the spoilers um, because... True. There are spoilers. There are spoilers. That's mm-hmm. the movie. Um, but Denver Comic Con is next week. It is June 15th through the 17th at Denver Convention Center. Um, we will be there. We will have a booth. And our booth number is 105. And we are right by the front doors. We are also by the Monster Squad. So um, I will get them to be on this show. Oh, yes. They will be on this show. Uh, actually, he's really nice. I do have a great... Uh, I met him before. Andre Gower is a uh, lead uh, actor in Monster Squad. And he was doing a 25th anniversary at Alamo and he was really nice. And so I'm hoping he'll never remember me and I'll be like, Hey man, we were, you know, what if on he a Twitter picture you? together. That'd be awesome. Cause I've already had that experience this year and it made my, my, my world. Did, did, did I tell you my Joe Kelly story? Did you hear it on the podcast? Probably. Is that the one that the the I, I kill giants? giants guy? And he's yeah. like, Hey, I know you Ryan. I was like, Oh my God, I've only been to like five of the things, but see, I made Making an impact. Cry. And that's what matters. Um, go it, ahead. It's going to be even more extreme, though. Andre Gower is going to be like, "No, Ryan, I'm your biggest fan." Yes. <laughs> and then I'm going to get. I'm just going to play the Monster Squad theme uh, next to him, and I want it to perk their like interest. Like, oh my gosh, the, um, is there a soundtrack? For, there has to be a soundtrack for the Monster Squad. I've never seen. Oh, one there's of a vinyl soundtrack. of it actually. There, there is a vinyl. Mondo just put it out. Yeah. Because it is a favorite of Draft House. I do know that. Um, anyways, if you want to see us uh, at the con, we will be at booth 105 as soon as you come in. We're right by Celebrity Summit, right by Warner Brothers and Sony. Uh, we have a really great booth. Um, so come in, sign up. We'll have a sign-up sheet uh, so you know 15-minute interviews. Uh, welcome to talk on our show about anything you want. We'll be there. And if you have something you want to sell, promote, we'll do that too. Um, but on top of that... I'm going to release our schedule for panels. I hardly ever do this because they might get um, canceled. But um, here's what the real nerds are going to be doing panel-wise. On Friday, from 1 to 1.50, I will be hosting a panel of I Am Alfonso Jones, the book that should change graphic novels forever. Sorry, it's really small writing. (laughs) Um, And then from 2 to 2.50, so I'm going to have to literally run across the – (laughs) <laughs> the convention hall um, writing comics for all kids you can find that at the happy harbor room from 4 to 450 action adventure comics creators is going to be in the happy harbor room as well I will be there as well um, Saturday at 1230 I'll be doing the Bonnie Wright spotlight Q&A which is, of course she's from uh, Harry Potter um, what's Harry Potter 130 to uh, 215 I think is going to be James and it's going to be the Dragon Ball family reunion um, and that's going to be at the Night Links stage, which is the main event stage. Um, at 2 o'clock, I will be at the Junis... Uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Sotomo? I'm going to say uh, Shawanis Sotomo. Jonas? No, I'm pretty sure it's J- Jonas. I wonder if it's like those weird silent J's or something. You know, I'll, I'll see him in a previous interview, and I'll just Jonas? ape off of that. Uh, but I'll be in the Metropolis room for that one. Um, and then at 3.30, the Power Rangers... Jason David Frank and Amy Jo Johnson will be at the Nightling stage. I'll be at that one as well. And then at uh, 5 o'clock, I'll be closing 
that night uh, with Jason Lewis. He'll be at the Metropolis room as well. Um, my wife told me he's in Sex in the City, so she's prepared a question for me to ask him from Sex in the City. Um, on Sunday from 1 to one fifty. You can find all of us doing some version of our podcast with our audience participation required and needed because, uh, as you can tell, we're not that exciting on our own. Um, <laughs> and so we'll be in room uh, 505, 506 on that. Or is it 502, 503? 505, 506. 505, 506. Why do they have two? I guess it's because they, they open it up. Them, but they should just call it one or the other. Yeah. Um, and then uh, at, right after that, I'll be doing sci-fi comics right next door uh, in the comics room 502, 503. At 3 o'clock, our buddy here, Zach, will be the KJ Appa Spotlight Q&A, of course, from Riverdale. Plays Archie, yeah. And then I'll be ending the night with Kristen Naren from Game of Thrones. Ooh. So, who does she play on that? Uh, that's uh, Hodor, so it's a dude. Uh. Who, who also is who is also <laughs> the number one house DJ in London. And he does Rave <laughs> of Thrones. I was... Uh, reading about him to be fair i've never heard his name spoken aloud uh yeah i've only ever read um, it so you should bring him two songs to remix i should um the lollipop guild remix your intro so you know uh, so it'll be fun um uh, i i have uh, obviously i've watched game of thrones but i think it's more interesting that he produces music and um should be good times so we'll be busy yep i'll be busy yeah yeah you better prepare, motherfucker. I am. We'll talk. Don't about you it. don't you embarrass our brand? I, I, I do won't. that well enough for all of us. Okay. Okay. Just all right. Imagine, just imagine everyone in their underwear. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm just the one who forgot his clothes. Ah! <laughs> Run off the stage. And that's the end of the panel. And the end of your stand-up career. Yeah. I, know. Um, <laughs> I never had one. I know. <laughs> Zach, you need to get yourself a writer. I, I I do. I do. All right. Does a dog count as a writer? Yes. Okay. Cool. I'll hire my dog. Corinne, what have you been up to since we last saw you? Just working. Yeah? <laughs> Nothing really exciting. No? What, what's Hiking. your favorite story you've written lately? I don't know. Don't ask me that. I did. So you have to answer it. It's like asking about your favorite child. <laughs> I have my favorite child, Kellen. He's my favorite child. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite collar? <laughs> I did get to cover this Star Wars-themed laser tag event at the Columbine Library awesome. a couple weeks ago. Mm, that sounds fun. And I was such a giant nerd. I went up and I wrote this, like, Star Wars-style, like, title crawl kind of thing for it, like, to intro the story. I even looked up how many dots there are in the ellipses after, like, a long time ago in a galaxy <laughs> far, far away. Three paragraphs. Yeah. So that was nice. me being a giant nerd. Nice. Isn't it fun being a nerd? Oh, yeah. I, I love it. I really do. I think I'm the only person. So lately I've been trying to organize my comic books because I have so many that, um, you know, I look at them. I'm like, I want to read some of my old stuff. But then I have to, like, maneuver around them. So I'm pretty sure I'm the only person where I'm trying to organize them and I just make it look worse. So right now I'm trying to keep all my Spider-Mans in this same area. And it's not working out very well for me because I have so many random issues that's ah, a pain in the ass i did write a story today that was kind of similar that they had this jedi camp um in evergreen last week where they were teaching kids how to duel with lightsabers nice and Wait, where were those camps when i was a kid i i don't know ryan sorry For but shame. i used the title my suggested title was um jedi steps and i was like i wonder if anybody's gonna get that reference they probably won't 
it's a title track on the force awakens yes good job okay so That's so does your, out. Does, does your editor pick the titles uh, or um, do you write sometimes them and he's like that's, I suggest that's garbage give me something else yeah sometimes but m- more often than not they let me run with whatever I know there was one two summers ago that it was like a wildfire um, educational event that they had where they also brought in this lady to talk about like bees and like ecology of bees and so my suggested headline and I can't believe they let me use it was learning about the bird no learning about the burns and the bees yes <laughs> That's ingenious. And that's why you're a writer and I'm not. Yeah. Because I would have been like, wildfire, bad, <laughs> with an exclamation point. And that's why you're a cop. That's right. I don't have to be smart. Brad, what have you been up to? I've uh, been busy getting ready for the Comic-Con, so getting our booth together and everything. But probably the, the most anxiety I've had in a long time was last week when I was trying to buy those uh, San Diego Comic-Con Ninja Turtles did you Neca get them? figures? I did. Yes! They sold out in one minute in one day. Every day. Holy shit, how'd yeah. you get them then? I was really fast on the second day. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, the, yeah, the first day, it sucks in... I understand, like, a lot of people are really pissed. Um, <laughs> and sort of rightfully so, but at the same time, like, it's amazing that we even get these figures at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you know... Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, so NECA, like, I don't know, two, three years ago, the 1990 Ninja Turtles movie, they made these quarter scale, like they're, you know, 16 inches or something yeah, tall. I heard people are pissed about the Donatello one. The large one? Yeah, it's coming out. Oh, they're, they're all out. Of, oh, okay. Yeah, they're, they're pissed about the, so they shrunk them down to seven inches. Um, but they because of Playmates, the company owns the original toy license to make and distribute. So NECA was able to make these large ones and sell them in stores, but anything seven inches, they have to make an exclusive. And so they can only make 5,000 of them. Um, and they made an extra 2,000 because they paired it with this diorama of like a brick wall in like the New York skyline. So there's only 7,000 of them. And, uh, you know, there'll be probably 2,000 at San Diego Comic-Con. So that leaves like 3,000 online to get. Um so yeah, there's only three days you could do it, and each day sold out in under a minute. It was crazy. Um, yeah, you so. know uh, that's not uncommon though. I mean, a lot of times with movies, Twilight Time has limited editions, and even Scream Factory, they can only make so many before because they license the the movies. Like they license the characters, and they say, "No, you can make this many. After that, no more." And the thing that sucks is like what people ever says because if you haven't shopped at NECA before, um, which I hadn't in a while. You add to cart, you go to your thing, you enter all your information, you hit place order, and it says sold out. So it doesn't hold it. So you have to just be the fastest one to get to the end. And, um, you know, as soon as you do jump on, it says, like, you're waiting. You've It's generating your place in line. And then you get to the shipping options. Then it, like, cycles and tries to pick, you know, your shipping options available to you. Um, and, like, I got through it fast because I was like, I'll take whatever shipping you can give me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and uh like i i put everything in autofill i had the credit card number like c cvv number yeah mm-hmm. copied and pasted already so i just had to hit paste <laughs> as soon as i selected the window and like just blindly like i, I didn't like three seconds wow um whereas the you. first day i was like oh it's in my cart let's see what shopping you know shipping should i pick yeah and obviously by the time i got checked out it was yeah so and then i tried to do it again the third day but i was like I should really let someone else get up. <laughs> so now, set. now the question is: Are you going to set it up? Or are you going to leave it in the On boxes? Display? 
I mean, when I finally get my own place again, yeah, I'll put it on Maybe display. Because yeah. I was just curious. I have the the large ones right now, and I Do haven't really? taken them out of the box yet. Yeah. So. Nice. But these are much more manageable. Nice. And, and it, they're amazing. Like they're even more articulate. And. No, it's it's a sweet know. get up. But yeah, that's nice. that's three days of just like. <laughs> I hope I get these. Nice. Yeah. See, perseverance pays off. It's like that poster with a kitty hanging on a branch. Hang yeah. in there. Yep. They, that... they limit it to uh, two per person. And so the other frustration is like eBay scalpers and uh, oh, yeah, it's always a problem buying one and then selling the other one for like $900 on eBay right now. You know, if, mm. if people wouldn't buy them. I know. Just like, so I didn't get an NES Classic. They come out at the end of the month. So hopefully I'll be able to get one then. I know. I've seen the Super Nintendos around lately. So Nintendo fixed it. Zach, what have you been up to? Not so much. the first thing we're gonna do on real nerds, I'm just kidding. What's that? What have you been up to? <laughs> no, no, really, not much. Just getting the, bo- the getting that grid for the booth ready, um, and uh, so the whole week has been spray paint some stuff, go to work, um, uh, come back home, try to get a little done for thirty minutes before the light goes away, and then Saturday yesterday was eleven. I was I, I started at six a.m. and didn't leave the backyard um, with Brad except for getting. Home Depot stuff until 9 p.m. So uh, it's, it's a long day. The yeah. Home Depot, the Home Depot, yes. Um, but yeah, so but it it paid off. That thing looks pretty awesome. So does it? <laughs> I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah, I don't it know. We'll good. see. You'll see. It was good when you have a background too behind it when it's black. It look good. No, I'm just worried about it. like it's not totally secure. Like, what do you mean secure? Like when you put all the poles together, there's no screws holding them in place. It's just but, the paint. But it locks, right? Are you talking about the 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 canopy? Yeah, that holds it up is fine because mm-hmm. it's machined. But we're using PVC pipe and and uh, zip ties to hold all that to it. To so, hold what to it? The grid, the pipe that we put together hmm. to get the banner up there. Yeah, I'll be all right. Yeah, it'll be fine. So. It doesn't weigh that much. How yeah, much can you? How much weight can you? And spread out. Yeah. PVC it's displaced. Pipe, yeah, the PVC pipe is stronger than the banner we're putting on. So. Just if anyone at the con asks, you know, what, how it's being held together, just say it screws. <laughs> it's screwed together. Okay. It'll be all right, Brad. Yeah. I promise. If but it falls on somebody, um, run. No. <laughs> just say, what'd you Abandon hit it for? <laughs> what'd you hit it for? Um, yeah, but I got Give some more stuff for you to paint. Him on the way. Huh? Give him a t-shirt and send yeah. him on the way. So, yep, that's what we're up to. See us at Denver Comic Con. We'll be busy, and we'll have fun. And make sure you come and talk to us. We'd love to hear what people have to say. Henry called in. Here's Henry's art house asshole for the week. Welcome to the Henry Jarvis Review Show. It will only take around a minute and a half, so if you have no interest, just hit fast forward twice. What's up, nerds? Henry giving you an update on Art House Asshole. Uh, this week, I want Still Walking in my preparation for Shoplifters from Coriada, which won, uh, Shoplifters won the uh, con this year. Uh, this one did not. This is from 2008, but it's another one of his films that I'm equally excited for, uh, or was excited for, and now I've seen it. And it's good. It is a very good, nice, calm film. Uh, you can. I don't have a lot to say about it, but uh, if you want to read more of my thoughts, it's on the website, RunnersPodcast.com. Uh, I just thought it was nice, very calm, very nice. Uh, there's not really a lot else to say. It's uh, kind of like a family gathering film, has some sadness to it, but overall it's a very calm, very, I wouldn't say uplifting, but still very happy kind of fun film. But yeah, that's kind of, uh, that's this week's uh, episode, and uh, I hope you like it. 
Uh, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Brad, what's happening around town in the Mile High City? Hey, film buddies, follow me around Denver. Do you see the new Denver Nuggets logos? Man, after it's a lot it's five like the same one with different colors. After five years of blue and gold, now it's gold and red and blue. It finally evolved. Yes. Uh, did you read? I was reading Are the those comments. Avalanche colors, or no? It's the Rapids that yeah. are those colors. Are they just? than like 90s nuggets colors no i mean they they are different but like the big thing is that blue jersey that says a mile high city on it now but i remember i was reading the facebook comments like this is stupid it's not evolved it's just different colors with the same logo i go "Mm, yep (laughs) can't argue where's our musical intro ryan oh fuck we're going around town with brad and his moped it's a 50cc, so it isn't for you. Do you want a moped? Because you're always talking about ha- having a moped, but I don't have a moped. I don't moped. know. I just picture you going around town in a moped whilst going to the I mean, landmark. And he could be in a one, sidecar. If you want to buy me one and we'll paint it like black and red and put the Real Nerds logo <laughs> put on it. Put a then... Real Nerds flag behind it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be so cool. It's but keep like it at 50ccc so you don't have to register it or anything. It's like an absurdly long banner. It just hangs off the back <laughs> and then like cars drive up behind and like clip it and just pulls it. <laughs> Oh, guys, bad day, Brad died. <laughs> Someone ran over the banner and it rolled up in the the wheels and sucked him underneath. It's pretty gruesome, but he wanted us to continue. <laughs> He'd want us to go on without him. Oh my God, that's his guts on the banner. <laughs> yeah, we can't have an open casket funeral. It's a sad day, but he's always with us. <laughs> so what is going on around town, Brad? The red oh, with the. I'm glad the, you asked, Corinne. The brand, the black. <laughs> it's our color scheme. <laughs> Uh, the drive-in, uh, it, it's a little bit up in the air. They, uh, they're programming Incredibles 2. They're playing up in the air? <laughs> Damn. No, they're playing Incredibles 2, but they haven't announced what the other two movies are going to be, so. Mm. Probably something really cheap, because Avengers expensive. and Black Panther. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, uh, I actually think it'll probably be, like, Action Point mm. and, uh, maybe, like, Hereditary. That'd be sweet. Whoa, yeah. hereditary at a drive-in. Because they've been really like loading up the like adult uh, programming. Ooh, yeah. It'd yeah. be sweet if they did have like a drive-in that just showed Grindhouse stuff. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I, I can't. I forget which movie it was, but I think like one of the late showings did have like exposed boobs, so you could drive down. Uh, so awesome. With Rosemary there, and yeah, get a free show. Hey. It's just natural. I mean, if I go to the Louvre, I'm going to see the Venus de Milo, and I'm going to see her boobs. So I might as well see some 70s horror film boobs as well. But do you go into the Louvre and go like, oh, yeah, eighteen or 1600s boobs? Actually, you know, when I was at the Louvre, that's a pretty impressive sculpture. I didn't. It's huge. I didn't know it was as big as it was. Nice. Yeah, I've been to the Louvre. I'm cultured. I know. You're like caressing the Venus. You're like, no, oh, Venus, they don't the let you get that close you... to it, Brad. <laughs> the only tragedy is you can't hold me back. <laughs> <laughs> she has no arms. Yep, that's yeah, a great okay, joke. Yeah. That's a great joke. Uh, then the uh, the Esquire <laughs> Midnight this week is Full Metal Jacket. Wow, cool. I, I guess for Arlie Army. So, Aww. yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But, I mean, it's Comic Con this week, and... and that's like three hours. <laughs> Uh, oh, gouge out your eyes and skull. Fuck you. Actual line from the movie. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, what a great thing to be listening to at 1230 at night. <laughs> it's a good movie. 
Uh, and then uh, the following week is uh, Suspiria. Ooh. Ooh. The original. That'd be fun. I've never seen it. I might check it out. Being that it's tired. It's Italian Gallo. I mean. <laughs> being that tired with that fever dream in front of me, damn, that'd be an experience. Why would you be tired? Because I can't. Like, I can't stay up till 12 <laughs> anymore. <laughs> If it's anything like deep red, I'll de- I'll be asleep myself. There you go. So. There you go. It is. Yep. But it's a classic. It is. If, if, it's getting a remake that's apparently pissing or like grossing people out. So, hey, that's part of movie news. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't done. You're fucking done. <laughs> no, you're done. Okay, what are you doing? Uh, I was gonna uh, uh at, at Comic Con, the Emerging Filmmakers Project has a panel. So, ten thirty a.m. Thir- to 10.30 a.m. Friday morning. Ooh, like so. first panel of the day. I did that with Aaron Gray. It was awesome one time. And I think we'll be screening Cardigan Sorrow there, so. Oh, awesome. Sweet. Bring the energy. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just saying. 10.30 in the morning. Oh, I thought you were talking about me right now. Not having no. energy on the no. podcast. No, you're fine right now. <laughs> I'm saying 10.30 in the morning. Yep. Who, who's running that uh, panel? Uh, Mike Henderson. Nice. So Should be good. Our sound designer. Should be good. Not that he played favorites and picked that movie for his screening. <laughs> no, they picked it because it's a good movie. I was just available. It's award-winning movie. It is. There you go. Best writing, right? Uh, best comedy short and best or audience favorite and... Audience favorite, that's all you need to get. Best use it. of prop. It's, like, it's basically the Star Wars Force Awakens. Audience picks their favorite one, you know... Who cares about those old indie movies that kept on winning Best Picture, like The English Patient, when we really want to see Cardigan Sorrow, because the audience speaks for everybody, not for the critics. Because Cardigan Sorrow totally came out in 1997. <laughs> You're not following my logic here, I, 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 I am. <laughs> I'm also poking holes in it. So? <laughs> don't poke holes at it. It doesn't make any sense because it's written by David Lynch. Ooh. <laughs> Intriguing. <laughs> okay, now I'm done. All right. Uh, hey, movie news. It's real news. We had a lot of trailers this week. Um, yeah, we do. Um, Did you see the dope ass Predator trailer? Was it a TV spot or was it a trailer? Oh, it's a new trailer, and it's so it's not the, the one with the kid opening the presents. No, so you didn't see it. No, no, no should play it. I'm just kidding. Um, so you don't have to. So, like, so it's basically the same trailer, but they get rid of the kid opening thing, and it's a spaceship crashing, and the the predator's picking up that dude at the police station, and then he's like punched through a fucking wall by a huge ass predator, and the predator jumps down on top of the car, and is like, and it's like this giant predator. I'm like, oh fuck, it's awesome. Just like that too. Oh fuck, <laughs> it's awesome. September 14th, I get to see a, like a mega predator fight another predator. Nice. Um, we also got a trailer, a couple of different trailers, um, not the least, which was actually Bad Times at the El Royale, which I had no idea existed, but it's from Drew Goddard, who did The Cabin in the Woods. Um, the trailer looks nuts. Yep. I'm excited for it. Uh, Chris Hemsworth apparently plays a cult leader in it, uh, so that should be fun. Um, Chris and, Hemsworth's fun on social media, too. He's always doing goofy things with his kids, and it makes me laugh. Yeah. Uh, and then James got a um, a treat this week with the trailer for First Man, Damien Chazelle's follow-up to La La Land. Uh, yeah. which has Ryan Gosling playing Neil Armstrong, which looked intense. I, I watch it go, oh, that movie's like James's... We can already pick James's favorite movie of the year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, game over, man. Yeah. The only game question, over, man! The only question is, who's going to sweep it? 
Because <laughs> it will be really good. I can. That like, should be. Ven- yeah. I, can, I mean, I, I venture. I mean, uh, Whiplash and La La Land are amazing. So. Yeah, so. Um, but the big trailer of the week for you and me was obviously uh, Michael Myers returning to Haddonfield. It was. It's pretty uh, great. Yeah, I was blown away by how good it looked and how creepy it felt too. You know the the last little bit of it where the babysitter's trying to close the door, so the shot is just trying to close it and close it and close it, and then mm-hmm. he just like bursts it open. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's awesome. I I loved um, two moments. One was the the bathroom stall scene where um, he's like kind of teasing the woman who's in the bathroom stall, and then he reaches his hand over the stall and just drops a bunch of pulled out teeth, which I thought was pretty like interesting, creepy. Like I like that Michael's having his quote unquote playful side again. Um, which he had in the um, the first couple of them, but then it kind of stops and he just becomes a superhuman monster, kind of like a Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other one, at the very beginning of the trailer, they have them going out to this big square where all the patients like have their outdoor time, and then they hold out the mask, and it's just every other inmate except for Michael just laughing and like guffawing and getting like really fucking like excited about like something that only they know is going to happen. It's just it's creepy. It's got a creepy vibe to it. It is, and it's fun too. Um... That Jamie Lee Curtis is coming back because she's already, you know, one of my favorite. Uh, I talked about this a few months ago. One of my favorite commentaries I listened to recently is her H two O commentary mm-hmm. because she's so smart and she knows exactly what she wants to have happen. And I mean, I didn't know this about H two O is she really fought to get that movie made. Yeah, and she went in and she pitched the story. She's like, "This is what I want to happen," um, and he was going to die at the end. And then she approved it. She's like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And then Miramax got the script, or Dimension, I think it was. And then they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't kill Michael Myers at the end. He has to come back. Right. And so she was kind of upset about that. And that's why she's doing this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of rebooting it again. telling it. It's kind of like a different... A crisis on infinite Earths. It's, yeah, it's... you know, different uh, versions of the story continuing. Because they're not... Halloween 2 isn't taking place. It's literally Halloween 1 and then this movie. Nothing else. Yeah, and it's just going to be called Halloween is the thing, which is interesting. So it's it's a reboot. It's a reboot. I don't call it a reboot. I call it a sequel. I think it's a sequel. It's just interesting that they're just calling it Halloween and no other thing below it or anything. Yeah, you don't need it. The the name is provocative enough. Yeah, and like, I mean, Halloween's always been a kind of choose-your-own-adventure book anyway. So um, just the way they've done things and... They've retconned so many times. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's written by Kenny Powers, so it has to be good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, him and uh, David Gordon Green co-wrote, along with another writer who I wasn't aware of until uh, the trailer, actually. There's a great article on Bloody Disgusting where they interview Jamie Lee Curtis, and she's, you know, I've, I really love her because, you know, there's a great documentary on um, the Scream Factory Halloween where it's uh, the night she came home, and it's her first convention and only convention she's ever done. And she talks about how important it is to make sure the fans enjoy it. And she would stay hours and hours and ask quest answer questions. And it's really fascinating to see how hard she worked. And I, I mean, I I liked her anyways. Whether it's Halloween, prom night, True Lies, I think she's a great actress. So. <laughs> Freaky Friday. She's Freaky Friday. She's great in Freaky Friday. She is. She's amazing in that movie. And she's good in Terror Train. It's just the rest of Terror yeah. Train is uh, a terror, little interesting. Terror Train's all right. <laughs> you know, and um, she talks about how she was nervous because. Um, I think she actually shot Terror Train before Prom Night, mm-hmm. but Prom Night got released first, and then they're like, oh, it was, you know, she's a scream queen, and that's why she kind of went yeah. away from it. Yeah, that's um, when she did a fish called Wanda, and, and then, then kind of trading places it. and yeah. things like that. So very much so. She's a she's a very smart lady, and it's awesome seeing her. Yeah, shoot mannequins and be 
<laughs> a badass. And it's nice to see Blum uh, give them free reign on this one to actually like and sing us to, again to, to, to fulfill ideas of the creative force and not be beholden to a brand image. I know that's why like. Friday the 13th by them. Uh, I'd cry. Yeah. I think the only reason Miramax is on there is for business purposes. Oh yeah. It's because, because they own the contracts. And stuff. Yeah. Cause, but, cause I think, uh, uh, the production company that what's their names? Uh, Mohammed, uh, Oh, um, um, it's now Malik Akkad, but it used to be yeah, Malik Akkad, yeah. um, cause Muhammad died. Um, I, they own the character, so right. my guess, and they're through uh, Miramax, so my guess is that's probably why. Yeah, because I think Anchor Bay is defunct now at this point, or whatever they had underneath that. But anyway, yeah. um, I, I think Anchor Bay is owned by Lionsgate now. Yeah, they're, they're, the, the rights to Michael have been so kerfuffled. The, the fact that we got a big box set with everything in it is amazing in and <laughs> yeah. of itself. Um, but anyway, yeah, I can't wait for October. It like, should be fun. Tra- trailer rocked. Um, in other news, um, the internet sucks again. Uh Kelly Marie Tran, who played Rose Tico in The Last Jedi, um, she removed all of her Instagram posts, so the account's still up, but all of her stuff is gone, and the speculation has been led to believe that it was because of internet trolls bashing Whoa, you her. mean um, piece-of-shit people that stay in the basement and just rag on someone? Uh, mate force, the people are jerks. Yeah, man. no, yeah. I mean, it's... I, 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 I love that everyone rallied around her, but that still doesn't take away the pain no. that, that causes... To people, and then, that's the problem with the internet. It gives bullies no face, so they can be as mean as they want to be. Yeah. Uh, as a as a dude, I don't experience that. But my wife was telling me, you know, and she's in high school and in college, she gets it. She got it all the time. Yeah. And it, the people are that way is is fascinating to me because again, it's something you have to be taught. You don't. You're not born with like hate, and you're not born with. Mm-hmm saying disparaging things and so people it's really sad that a young woman who is amazing by the way in the last she's wonderful in that film um, and she has a great line in that film about saving the things exactly yeah and and people are just jerks and they should um and and, but like i you know i always go to whenever i read something like this i always go to a uh, a quote by paul f Tompkins on his dead authors podcast which is he refuses to read the twitter handle names of the people he's reading questions from because the people on the internet do not deserve a voice, <laughs> which unfortunately has become more and more true every day. Um, so yeah, um, you know, and to uh, to piggyback off that, you know, in my line of work, I do backgrounds on people. Mm-hmm. The first thing we check is your Facebook page, yeah, because we're going to see how you really are, yeah. And if we see anything on there, you you will be axed from what we what we do, yeah, because that's who you really are, yeah, and. Don't be a jerk. Yeah. Uh, just don't be an asshole. Yeah. Um, moving on, though, um, the the page is still loading, but like I've read everything on it. Uh, Val Kilmer is coming back as Iceman. Hey, speaking of Val Kilmer, he's also coming to Denver Comic Con. Exactly. Last minute edition. Yes. So, so you can uh, get your photo ops and your autographs with Val Kilmer. Are you a big Val Kilmer fan, Corinne? Not really. I he, saw him in Batman Forever. I thought he was pretty good. You've seen him in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? No. Oh, he's awesome in that. He's Gay Perry. He's a gay guy. You know, if you look in a dictionary and then look under idiot, you know what you'll find? Picture of me. No. The definition of the word idiot. <laughs> um, one of my favorite moments is him and Robert Downey Jr. Are held captive. And everybody um, knows that he's a homosexual. So they search him. And while they're searching him, he like giggles. He's like, hee And so the guy leans over him later on and he <laughs> pulls down his pants and he blasts him in the face because he has a gun hidden in his uh, pants. He says, no one's going to check a gay guy's underwear. <laughs> it's funny. Shane Black, who also wrote The Predator. 
But yeah, he's coming back, and also with that, we've gotten a lot of like, like Tom Cruise posting pictures on yeah, Instagram like or Twitter. Ass. Yeah. Um. So Top Gun Maverick, look for it. I think next year. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Sometime. I think it's July next year. Yeah. Um. Uh. Also on the soon to be coming out front, uh, Reese Witherspoon announced Legally Blonde three. Um, yes. Which, big fan. Oh my gosh, the first one's so good. The second one's kind of dumb. But... My, my sister, my, my family took, like, we all went to see this when it first came out, the first one, and we all loved it, but, like, I mean, I kind of moved past it, but my sister loves this fucking movie, so this will be fun for her. Never saw it. What? Really? Yeah. You gotta oh, watch it. Think, yeah, I think you might like it. Yeah, I think my wife actually has it on DVD, so I'll have to watch it in, like, standard def, which I'm not really thrilled about, but I'll give it a go. Um... Gosh, I'm my computer's slow as shit today. Um, we got more uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood casting news. Quentin Tarantino's newest film, Al Pacino, has just joined the cast. So my dream Ooh. of Al Pacino playing Charles Manson is one step closer. Saw just... him in a movie this week. Really? That we'll talk about later. Sweet. I'm gonna fucking kill ya! <laughs> is, is that what he says? It's Charles Manson? That's not actually bad. That's a pretty good Al Pacino, I'm gonna say. <laughs> that's for just like never ever trying Al Pacino. That was pretty good. <laughs> so you can do it again. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking kill you. Yeah, kind of. Let's say something. You don't different. need to. Nope. Be less, a little less gruff. <laughs> less, a little bit less. less. <laughs> I, I always picture Al Pacino super gruff. Well, I mean, yeah, but maybe like a little bit higher pitch. I don't know. You're gonna come into my. Well, that's like Robert De Niro. Um, Tex, give me more drugs. I'm the devil, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I, <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he doesn't refer to what, his what, character. What was, it, was he saying? Heat. Oh, oh, you come in here. I went to the scene with Robert De Niro. It's an awesome scene. The cafe. They're, yeah, the cafe. they're sitting at the cafe. Yeah, he's like, uh, you got to do what you got to do. If I, if, I, yeah, if I see you, I'm going to do, yeah. Ah, fuck. If it's between you and one of my Real guys, nerds? I'm going to nope. pull the trigger. Yeah, 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 it's something like that. And then and then uh, no one can see me, but then Robert De Niro's like. <laughs> and then he says his line. <laughs> um, in addition to that, though, we also got Luke Perry joining the cast as well. And, he's alive. Uh, yes, he is, apparently. Fucking cancel Denver Comic Con. Fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, and Dakota Fanning. And, um, hey, James she's Mars- in the movie we watched this week. Oh, is that a spoiler? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and James Marsden, too. So who's currently fighting robots in Westworld, I guess. So he'll take some time to step back into 1969. He's fighting robots? I haven't caught him I haven't watched Westworld, two. so. I'm he just is a robot. I assume he, well, fine, then. He is a robot. Fighting anyway. humans? Fighting robots? I don't know. This is something that Super I... Super fighting robot. <laughs> Mega Man. Anybody watch a Mega Man cartoon? I used to love it. And he'd say stuff like, Sizzling circuits, Dr. Light. <laughs> and then uh, Dr. Light in the Mega Man cartoon. And I'm not even joking. you talking like this. Mega Man, we got to be very careful. That's really funny. You should look it up. It's like a terrible Elmer Fudd. Yeah. So look up. <laughs> it's it's Look up Dr. Light in Mega Man cartoon. It's pretty horrible. Um, in sadder news, um, John Lasseter, it will be leaving Disney at the end of the year. However, it's not so much sad as like kind of expected at this point, um, from his, uh, recent allegations and whatnot. Um, maybe you shouldn't treat people like shit. Yeah, pretty much. Um, he, he's uh, a genius in animation wise, but he's a piece of shit person. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, also in the sadder news, uh, Jerry Marin passed away who was the last of the uh, lollipop guild so is that sad was, weren't, weren't all the lollipop guild fucking assholes 
Like there's a whole there's a whole thing. No, I'm not joking. <laughs> like uh, no, you mean the thing. characters or the actors? The actors. Yeah, well, so Judy Garland would talk about how like how mean they were to her. They kick well, her and we'll like keep, keep put cigarettes on them. I'm not making this up. Well, keep in mind, Judy Garland was also popped up on benzos and. Like, so that doesn't mean bills. she can't be a victim of mean midgets. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like She's her her account might be different from others. But regardless of that, you know, like he is part of a very iconic shot in film history. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way I, I mean, he was also in a bunch of TV shows from The Twilight Zone to uh, Seinfeld. He's in that like Seinfeld episode where Kramer's. Um, his buddy's like one of the small people actors and whatnot. And he's on the set with all the other small people. It's, oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I've seen uh, Seinfeld in a while, but, but the, I remember that. But the thing I remember him for the most is that he's on the documentary um, that's included on the movie Freaks um, from uh, Warner Brothers, and it's a history of not just that movie, but the sideshow performers who were in it as well. And Jerry Marin is very open about what it was like being a little person actor in that time period, and like. Basically, like the, the the places you were wedged into in the same way a, another minority would have been, um, so it's interesting and very helpful historically to have that on record, um, even if it's in a short interview. So, um, teenage Judy Garland was reportedly molested by Munchkins on the set of The Wizard of Oz. At, there are so many rumors on that set; it's so crazy. I'm, I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying, like, it's supposed to be a dead guy swinging in the back of the forest in the that's scarecrow been thing. Debunked. That's been debunked several times. Well, uh, this account was written by her ex-husband uh-huh. when he wrote a memoir. Okay, well, see, I knew I didn't. Again, I wasn't making that up. I, I, I didn't think you were. It's just like it, it, you hear so many Wizard of Oz stories. Uh, it's on People.com, so it's true. <laughs> sexiest, sexiest, is People a legitimate magazine? Remind me again who the yeah. sexiest person yeah. of the year was. Uh, sexiest man of the me? year was. <laughs> Who was it? I it was some uh, Blake Blake Shelton or something so? like that. So he gives a shit. He's, so he's eh. he's attractive. Who cares? I mean, he's more attractive than your average. Was it Ryan Reynolds the day last the year before? Mm. That dude's pretty hot. Sometimes I get it right. Sure. Have you seen the Ryan Reynolds where he's interviewed by his mean <laughs> brother? His mean brother um, What's his brother's name? George Trevor. I think it's like George or like it's pretty awesome. Should look it up. I think it's on people.com Actually, it's. Uh, to excuse me, I was diagnosed with a big case of. Don't give a shit. <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome. It's been going on for four years. <laughs> See, um, don't take yourself too seriously. Um, yeah. And the last piece of news, though, on a happy note, um, uh, Dolomite, uh, which is a character from the black exploitation era, um, was played by Rudy Ray Moore, and now he's getting a biopic from Netflix and Eddie Murphy, um, which is, is kind of fun for me because, like, I Dolomite is like. Almost like an Edgar Wrightish film in the black exploitation drama, where it makes fun of it, but it's also part of the black exploitation canon. Like in terms of like it qualifies on its own merit. So, um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see Eddie Murphy pull that off. I like him in Dream I, Girls. I thought it was a documentary. So. No, it's not a documentary. Biopic. Oh, he said biopic. biopic. Yeah. Okay. No. So. so anyway, uh, that's news. Also, Anthony Bourdain. Oh yeah, Anthony passed Bourdain, away. Yeah. Um, suicide is real, and if you have problems, reach out. Yep. And also, sad news, um, a TV actor and songwriter named Jackson O'Dell passed away. He was on yep. the TV show The Goldbergs. Oh, and mm-hmm. uh, Modern Family, yeah. yeah that sounds like another suicide, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's actually from Evergreen, and oh, I wow. talked to him a couple months ago for a story that he and another songwriter were collaborating on this movie soundtrack, and so, yeah. So if you uh, know R. somebody R. that needs help, you know, reach out. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's sad right now because uh, Kate Spade also did it yeah like last week 
Um, and it's a real thing. And, you know, it's I think there's a statistic 6,000 people commit suicide a day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sad. But so, how do you help them? I don't reach know. Out. Like, what do you t- like? What do you reach out? Say, like, don't do it. Like, how do you uh, convince them just not talk to? to? Them. Just talk to them. You, you don't even. Them. You don't even need to like. You don't need to broach the subject of their depression. You just like m- make them feel like they're wanted. Make them and feel that like they're being they, listened to. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I know they need. Pro- uh, that I'm iso- not a professional, that, so because that isolation will drive um, me nuts. Yeah. So if you if you're you know if you ever feel like there is suicide hotlines and there's people that and want to text help you. lines you can text, text now lines, yeah because I know not a lot of people are comfortable talking exactly. over the phone mm-hmm. so you can text and it's a tough or thing. chats you're right that's good shout out Corinne for mm-hmm. the the texting because R I P yeah thank yep. you very much yep and um hey uh, movies are coming out on Blu-ray too let's uh, let's pick up this bad boy because there is a movie on there that's pretty well there's actually kind of a lot of cool movies this week. DVD releases the Blu-rays. Zach? Um, Mama always said I wanted to be in 4K, and now you can see me in 4K. Forrest Gump's coming to 4K. Nope. Is it coming with a box of chocolates? I wish. <laughs> That'd be sweet. I, I was reading the <laughs> review on right um, Blu-ray.com, and they said the 4K is not that impressive. I, I've, I've started to see when movies in the early 90s aren't that great on 4K. I, I mentioned it last week. Jurassic Park looks... There is an uptick on... Um, uh, detail and color, mm-hmm. but it's not as big as when you watch Guardians of the Galaxy or something. I mean, so. when the film quality is, you know, that. Well, yeah, I mean, the, there's only do. so much you can do to enhance it. Uh, I mean, the the Patriot looked amazing, but mm-hmm. again, that's I think 2000, 2001. In the film stock changes, it, yeah. It's so just, it's I depending think, on the film stock because uh, maybe the Patriot was even filmed digitally. I don't know. Is 2001 digital? Uh, early? No, because like. Not to give George Lucas a bunch of credit, but like one of the first films that was supposed to be released theatrically was Attack of the Clones. So was that two thousand two? Yeah. So, um, but like the film stock quality changes over decades and whatnot. Yeah. So this is would have been like the the best film. So Patriot came out in two thousand. Love that movie. Um, but I mean, if you don't own Forrest Gump, I mean, and you, ha- I'd get it in four K. Right. Eh. Um, uh, also, <laughs> or don't. Whatever uh, you want. <laughs> But on the new release front, though, like like from this year, uh, you can get Tomb Raider in 4K. Oh, I love Tomb Raider. I, I have this like really big crush on Alicia Vikander because I think she's a badass, and uh, you know, and I think she's kind of creepy in Ex Machina, in a really cool way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, she pulls off playing spoilers a robot really well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That movie's great, and I think. Um, I, I love Tomb Raider, and I, I think it's because I'm a fan of the games, and they kind of followed the new game pretty closely. I thought it was pretty fun. I didn't see it. Yeah. It's fun adventure. Um, so, yeah, but you can get that on 4K, Blu-ray, and I guess 3D as well. It's in 3D? They're releasing a 3D Blu-ray? Yeah. Um, it's down here. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Those happen every once in a while. Yeah. Um, also, The Strangers Pray at Night. Ooh. Which, Zach, uh, are you going to get that one? And did you like it as much as I did? I did, um, especially that pool scene. That oh pool yeah, pool scene's amazing. amazing. Pray with an E or pray with an A. E. Yeah. Um, they should make a sequel, and it could be the strangers who pray that night nice. with an A. See, they team up with the uh, with with a local the, priest or something. <laughs> they team up with the Cooper's Dell clan from Red State and <laughs> cause havoc. No, yeah, that movie was fun. The atmosphere is great in that film. Yeah. And I think that like they don't kill too many people, but the people they kill is pretty like scary. Yeah, it's but it's 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 just the way they're doing it. Like the 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 thing about the strangers is that it's always been about like they're methodical and they kind of play tricks on people. Like 
and it gets pretty gory at the end. It's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that final scene on the bridge is just <laughs> yeah. ridiculously gory. <laughs> yep, awesome. Um, I do love it. Um, also, you can get uh, Darkest Hour in 4K. Um, so uh, you can see Gary Oldman's. Did anybody see that? I, I saw it. So, I liked it. Uh, d- he seems like he chews so much scenery in it, though. He's. But I mean, he won the award, right. so I'm guessing he's good in it. Well, that I mean, but the, like the trailers is. Well, no, okay, so it's not like 100 percent him being, uh, like jolly and yelling, but like those are the good, those are the cool moments. Hmm. Um, other, everything else is like intimate. And... Two movies about Dunkirk. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I liked them both. They were fine. Going to Dunkirk. Um, but, uh, we're also getting, um, some Shout Factory stuff, um, the most notable being Ninja 3, The Domination. (laughs) So, I already own that, but they re-released it as a collector's edition. I don't think I need to upgrade it, but that there's a collector's edition that exists Mm -hmm. is pretty amazing. Nice. Because, uh, it's a canon film, and it's a sword that's possessed by a samurai's ghost, Mm -hmm. and this fitness lady gets it. And it's pretty ridiculous. Like, the opening scene is this super gory, like, fight with ninjas on a golf course. Don't know why, but remember the one dude gets blown up into the pine tree? It's pretty awesome. (laughs) And you watch it the whole time going, wow, this is a real movie. And it's so bad, it's really entertaining. It's basically The Exorcist with ninjas. (laughs) It is. It really is. Because it's in a video game, too, if I remember right. Um, it's in the video game, right? And it comes out of the video game and into the samurai sword. I think so. It's been a while since I've I'm seen. I'm pretty this sure game. I'm right Exorcist on that one. Exorcist with ninjas. Yeah. Yes. Try to imagine that, and then <laughs> and it's the third part that has nothing to do with the other two parts. <laughs> Just go on that could go- be a fun game for Comic Con. Take a a movie and then put in like some I don't know pirates or ghosts or something. <laughs> yes. Like Pride and Prejudice with ghosts. Love it. <laughs> Well, they already have one with zombies, so... Yeah, it's pretty fun, too. Lily Collins. I, I saw the Mamma Mia trailer. I'm like, oh, I don't want to see this, but I'm kind of intrigued because I like Lily Collins so much. Um, also, Love, Simon is coming out in 4K and Blu-ray, um, which Henry said he liked, um, and it got really good notices, so it'd be probably worth checking out. Um, also, I guess The Purge is getting a 4K release. Doesn't look like the trilogy, though. Yeah, I can see them all right here. Oh, wait, never mind. You're right. Yeah, Zach, it helps if you just go in order. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to do that by also talking into the mic correctly because Bryce had to adjust it twice in this one show. Do you want me to, okay, so we also got uh, Dirty Grandpa on 4K, which, yep. which doesn't seem... Is that a Lionsgate? Lionsgate's put out weird movies in 4K. It is Lionsgate, I think. Like Reese Witherspoon's Wild, which I, I'm sure is a good movie, but it doesn't scream 4K to me. Um. But yeah, anyway, um, also <laughs> uh, the sequel to American Graffiti, more American Graffiti is getting a Blu-ray release. Is it really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> 1979's. Love it. <laughs> Did George Lucas do that one too? No. No, I, no, I was too busy making movies in my basement. I think he was just George, where'd you come from? <laughs> I, I came on the podcast. I needed to get out of my basement to get some groceries. <laughs> well, too bad because we're still in a basement. Oh, oh. Well, I it's think not he's my executive basement. producer only because they're like, oh. It says American Graffiti, so we're going to put you as executive producer. I, I think Leave us alone. I said you can use my name, I guess. I mean, I guess that's cool. I Is that George Lucas or Milton from Office Space? <laughs> can, can it be both, Brad? <laughs> I don't know. Red Stapler. Stapler. I, I can set the Wookiee on fire. <laughs> um, and, yeah. Um, 
you missed Twins on Blu-ray. And Junior. is. is oh, I'm Junior. I'm sorry. Not yeah. Twins. Junior. I thought they'd already been out on Blu-ray once uh-uh. before. Like a, Did it's you already weird, see Memento? One. Nope. There it is. Tomb Raider? Did you do Tomb Raider? Did Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Yeah. I was too busy trying to get him to talk into the mic. Um, also, Mimic. Um, and uh, Lionheart. For for Brad, I saw you scan it. I think Lionheart's next week. Is it next week? Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um, oh, and Sherlock Gnomes. If oh, anyone can. Hopefully they'll show up on Netflix because I need to finish. You know my Emily Bluntathon, and she's but you and the My Little Pony the film. Sequel? Yeah, she's Juliet. So. Well. Of course, I mean sometimes they recast it. Yeah, she's in it. Well, uh, last year she did the My Little Pony and. Uh, Sherlock Gnomes because she was pregnant, so she couldn't do any films, and she was had to prepare a year for Mary Poppins, which will be amazing. Speaking of, on Netflix this week, I saw that they added Coco. Oh, and Thor Ragnarok. Oh, so oh, if you don't great... buy movies anymore, like a normal person, and you watch them on through streaming, you can do that. Or Sweet. in like. Two months when they go away because Disney have their own streaming thing, so you have to pay for Netflix and Disney, <sighs> and they'll start keep on pulling things off of it. Don't want that day to come, but yeah, it's happening. I know. Except for me, I own the physical copies. I had this great. Mo- did, I, did I tell this last week I don't about remember. Roseanne? So my wife loves the original Roseanne, and Roseanne got canceled because mm-hmm. she's racist. And so, um, so it got canceled and TV land and everybody pulled all the reruns, pulled mm-hmm. all the stuff with Roseanne. And my wife goes, hmm, how am I going to watch Roseanne? I said, well, you, can, you should have bought the physical copies and you wouldn't even never have to worry about it, would you? Just like me and my jack of all trades. And she stormed away and then locked the door and Ryan had to sleep outside all night. Yeah, it was nice though. It was nice outside. It's like it's summer now. It's fine. Yeah, it's cool. Did you make s'mores? Of course I did. On the grill. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Fed it to the bear. <laughs> I had the Idaho Springs bear. He, we do have one. He comes down and eats trash. Just comes up to you, and goes, "Hey, Ryan." He set off our like uh, security light a bunch of times last year. And I one morning I woke up and it's it like two in the morning, and I hear someone trying to get in our back gate. Fucking bear, he's big too. Just don't do it now because we're under a fire ban. That's right. Sorry, when you said I woke up one morning, I thought you said, and I turned over in my bed, and the bear was in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Are you trying to do a Tim Allen impression? And then I just like squinted my eyes. I'm like, oh, it's just my wife and she's mad at me. <laughs> my wife is beautiful. She could never be mistaken for a bear. And then you threw her a salmon. <laughs> yes. She does, she eats that salmon like out of the patch, the pouch. And it's so gross. I have this aversion to fish because I'm allergic to shellfish like really bad. Mm. So fish just freaks me out. And so my wife went, so last week when we were doing the podcast, my wife is, oh, I'm so happy you're not home. I'm making salmon. And so I come home, whole house smells like fish. And then I. The particles are in the air. Yeah. Just like I'm like, starting I'm to- like And so the next day when I got home and I picked up my little guy, I said, Kellen, did you like the fish? He said, no, it tasted like gross. <laughs> I said, yep, tastes like gross. Fish I don't like fish creepy, either. Yeah, and man. that's a very accurate description. Yeah. And salmon is like the fishiest of fish. I know I work for Outback and I used to have to cook fish all the time and the salmon. Oh God. Sell so much of that fucking salmon. I thought they were big on their tilapia. Yeah. Well, yeah. The fake fish. Yeah. Tilapia. <laughs> the dirt fish. <laughs> the yep. 
probably cost five cents to no. make and they charge ten dollars to brad 85 cents <laughs> i remember that i remember because i used to buy it by the fillets and uh when i was a kitchen manager at outback we bought fish from the seattle fish company and we'd buy so salmon was always on the menu and then we had a fish of the day um a lot of times it was swordfish but towards the end it just kept on being tilapia because it was 85 cents for a fillet 13.99 on the menu don't worry you got a cream sauce with it and some vegetables so the whole like plate costs like a dollar seventy five. And you want to know how restaurants make money? Uh, that way. <laughs> and now you know Inside the... baseball for restaurants. And now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> Paul Harvey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That is digging deep into radio. Yeah. And then they're like, Paul Why aren't Harvey. millennials eating out anymore? <laughs> oh, dude. Now that's more of an Andy Rooney territory right there. No, me and my kid for Panera yesterday was twenty five dollars. I was like, what Panera the is fuck? bad in terms of like cost because yeah. well, they the have food. The, they have a pick too. I'm like, oh, half a sandwich and a soup. That doesn't seem like that bad. And then they, I got, I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Oh well, whatever. That's bad. He ate it all. I guess that works. Anyway, that's Blu-rays. <laughs> hey, we also watch movies throughout the week in a segment I call Blu-rays. The best way to watch movies. But if you want to see limited uh, resolution quality, stream them on Netflix at 720. This is what we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. My kid was watching Cars 3 on uh, Netflix. I got so mad at my wife. I'm like, put in the 4K. Because, you know what? It doesn't quite reflect the same in the <laughs> on the sand. And I need to see all that stuff from Lightning McQueen. I really, really do. <laughs> Corinne, what'd you watch this week? I watched a lot, so we'll try to go go through it pretty fast. Buckle up, bonehead! You're going for a ride. <laughs> um, so right before I got here, I um, I've been watching this show called Call the Midwife in by the car? BBC. Yes, in my car. So does my wife. My wife loves that show. Oh, it's I have so no idea good. It's Is that on BBC? Right? Yeah, it's yeah. by the BBC. It's on Netflix. My wife watches it constantly. So good. So uh, what's it about? Women who deliver babies. Yep, pretty yes. much. They deliver probably three to four babies per episode. Do they get into crazy hijinks, too? They do. They Ooh. get into crazy hijinks. Right on. Um, the episode I just watched before I came here, one of the sisters went with like the local cop to go find prostitutes to teach them about like sex ed and not getting STDs, and it was really weird. Hmm. So, But, yeah, it's about um, this group of... Religious sisters and midwives, because that's um, the religious sisters. That's their ministry is being nurses and midwives, and then they hire um, other like young women to help them, but they're not sisters. Um, and they work in the East End of London. And it's set in the late 1950s. Um, the episode I just saw, they uh, it's 1960 now, but yeah, it's really really good. Sweet. I don't know how to convince you of it other than that. <laughs> um, um, I don't think you will. <laughs> I think the, the, they have just such a strong cast, and I think the writing is really good. It's based on the memoirs of this lady who actually was a yeah, my wife midwife and nurse. I uh, Yeah, I can say it's great acting. I know I was reading comics when my wife was watching it, but it sounded British, and they sounded like they're really into it, so it seemed pretty good. There have been a couple <laughs> of episodes that have like made me cry. You too? Yeah. Like, I base... My shows how much my wife likes them, how much she cries during them, because that means she's really invested into the show. It's amazing, like how they can bring on like all these different guest stars every episode, because it's like it's always different couples who have mm. this 
the babies it's never like the same couples that you see you know like in one season to another season even though that would be more realistic but just the kind of investment that you can have in these short stories that you only see these people for one episode and you know there's always like really high stakes going on so is it really self-contained or is there like a long arc throughout it um it's a little bit of both like you have more procedural storylines with like the different patients but then you also have serial storylines going on with the different nurses and Mm. uh sisters so like one of them she has like alzheimer's or dementia another one just had surgery another sister like left becoming a sister or she she left the order she isn't a sister anymore she got married to the doctor who had been working with them so that was weird Mm. Um, yeah, and then, like, one of, like, the main character left at one point, and then another one was dating the curate, and then she just broke up with him in the episode I watched, so. Yeah, I mean, all joking aside, I think the, uh, production design is really cool in it, Mm -hmm. because it kind of, like, slummy, but shot really well, Mm -hmm. so I dig it. And I've never really watched an episode, but my wife has it on all the time. It took me, I wouldn't, I want to say, like, a full season to, like, really get to the mm. point where I wanted to watch multiple episodes sure. in a day. Because I think initially I'm like, all right, I'll watch an episode. Okay, that's cool. Come back in, like, two days, watch another one. But now I'm like, I got to see the next one. <laughs> and how many seasons is there? I think there's six on wow. Netflix right now. I am just started season four. I don't know. It's not long. It's, I mean, it's only like eight episodes per season. Oh, it's so. one of those kind of... Yeah, it's a British They, they do British like super thing. quality episodes and then like, oh, okay, yeah. one year later. Yeah, and they have Christmas specials, so like eight or nine episodes a season. So it's really good. I highly recommend you guys watch it. Um, uh, already kind of watched it. I also watched this other BBC period drama called Poldark with a friend of mine. It is crazy wackadoodleness. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily recommend it. It's so the premise is this guy comes back. It's set in England. He fought in the American Revolution, but on the British side. Fucker. <laughs> and he comes back to his home, and he had been fighting there because he was like a, a convict, and that was basically how he could serve his time was by getting conscripted into the war. And so he comes back, and his family's in shambles. His sweetheart is getting married to his cousin. He gets an inheritance from his dad who died six months previously. Like, everybody thought he was dead. So, anyway, yeah. It's basically a soap opera disguised as a period drama. So, if you're really looking for something (laughs) like that, I recommend BBC's Poldark. I've been reading Valiant Ambition, and it's about uh, George Washington and Benedict Arnold. And it's like a soap opera, and it's pretty awesome. So, I recommend picking up that book, too. Valiant Ambition. Yep. Yep. It's pretty crazy because, like, from one episode to the next, like, the second episode in, this one lady says that she's pregnant, and then, like, the next episode, she's, like, full term and going to give birth, and then she gives birth, like, maybe 10 minutes into the episode, so it's, like, kind of all over the place, so that's why I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. Does it have any war battles in it? Not yet. I'm only six episodes in. I mean, like, the first scene of the show. That's it. Because mm. that's a flashback to when yeah. he was in the war. And then it shows, like, the Americans kicking him in the butt. It's like, and stay Actually, out. it does, yeah. Nice. Um, so I also watched another BBC show this week um, with my friend. I introduced her to North and South, which is not the 1980 version with Patrick Swayze. It's a completely different thing. That's a thing that exists, just so you know. Um, <laughs> Pain don't hurt. 
Um, so this is based on a book by Elizabeth Gaskell, and it's about this girl and her parents. And they moved from the south of England, which is very rural and agricultural, to the north of England, which is more industrial. I picture and lots of sheep. Little... What? <laughs> like agricultural England, I always just picture sheep. Yeah, that's probably a fair assessment. <laughs> I didn't see any sheep in it, but... <laughs> They're probably there. Just off camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they probably are. <laughs> so, any British show, if you just turn the camera a little bit to the right, there'll be sheep there. Hi! Hi! <laughs> Get that sheep out of here! <laughs> Some guy Richie for the film. <laughs> like snatch. You wake just turn the camera, there's a sheep. <laughs> they cut all the sheep out because the sheep are racist. <laughs> It's a really good show, and it has our guy, Richard Armitage, who is in this week's movie, um, in Ocean's 8. And he's in it. He's the main guy, John Thornton. He's good. He's a sexy dwarf. Yeah. Yeah. He's very handsome and talented and charming. Uh, Yeah, let's just go on what he uh, brings to the table, not just his looks. Just Women always a, judging uh, guys yeah. for their looks. That's I'm the do. one over here watching his stuff, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're the you're the one who's judging him on his looks. I'm judging him on his incredible talent. Uh huh. And what have you seen him in? Ocean's Eight. Okay, that's <laughs> it. He's in the movie for like three minutes. He is, and he's good. But in this one, I mean, it's a four hour miniseries, oh, and nice. he's in pretty much every scene. It seems like. But this this production has a fantastic cast. I highly recommend it. I think it's, two, is it 2004 or 2005? Because there's a different version that's from the 70s, and it actually has Patrick Stewart as John Thornton. So, yeah. I'm always down with Patrick Stewart. Yeah, if you want to watch it, I think you it's know, the 1974 version. Well, hey, <laughs> I will say that he is a total badass in Star Trek when he's like climbing across the ceiling and going to kick some Borg ass. I'm like, oh, my God. It's weird to see him with hair, though. Yeah, he has hair in the nineteen. I didn't know he was like that ripped. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> Richard Armitage is in the first Avenger. Yeah, he he's plays Heinz the spy Kruger. who yeah. blows up the thing yeah. and shoots the doctor. And he's, he's in the Hobbit uh, movies. Thorin of Oaken yeah. Shield and the was, Hobbit. Yeah, I was gonna say yep. he's Thorin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys just say that. Yep, yep. that's who he is. <laughs> Very talented. Yeah, so, recommend it. Two thousand four BBC North and South. Oh, stand by, yeah. <laughs> So I, and also in preparation for a movie this week, uh, to get back to Al Pacino, I watched Ocean's 13. Yeah. Not Ocean's 11 for whatever reason, but. 13's just as good. No, yeah. 13 is awesome. 12 is weird and not very good. 12's a European movie. Yeah. (laughs) Danny, I need you to come over here and rob something in Europe. Some spaghetti. (laughs) (laughs) Who? (laughs) Get Soderbergh on the phone. We got a pitch right now. <laughs> I need the longest noodle you can find. <laughs> so, so Ocean's, anyway, Ocean's, Ocean's 13, 13 is um, it's really good. Yeah. And just the cast on that is just fantastic. And it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's just one of those movies you just put on and just kind of sit back and you're like, okay. It, it's surprisingly yeah. efficient. And, like, and I love like the fact that as many of those films that there's that there's been those three, like they've always kept a consistency with their roots in this sixties rat pack movie. Like I love that one of the lines in Ocean's thirteen is you shook Sinatra's hand, you should know better. Right. Like it just like it just it's solid. Um and then also I like Don Cheadle in that one too, where he's playing the uh the the evil Knievel type stunt man who's just making a Fuss in the office to distract. Give people. me my money. <laughs> uh, Denver's own Don yeah. Cheadle. Denver's own Don Cheadle. And uh, I also like how it kind of bookends itself with 
it starts with Rusty, Brad Pitt's character, walking toward a job, and it ends with him walking away from the job yeah. in the airport Fun after movies. the one guy wins all the money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I never caught that before, but they set that up really early on when they're kind of going over the whole plan. They're like, oh, you know, the, I forget what they call it, the, um, the who's the, critic? yeah, the hotel critic, but they have a name for it. It's like the oh. Susan B. Anthony or something yeah. like that. But anyway, they set that up at the very beginning that they're like, oh, you know, would it be worth it for $10 million? He's like, no, but for $11 million, sure. <laughs> so then they already have that planned out so he can win all the money. Yeah, It's a nice, efficient film, and it gets you back on track with the Ocean films because I like 12, but it is a very, it's a very different film, and it's shot in a very specific European style. It's like meant to be an international type of caper, so... It moves at its own steady pace. I also like better? how 13 doesn't have any of the love interests in it. And it kind of allows for some other character moments that you can get outside of that. Because the different times, um, the one scene where Rusty and Danny are talking about, you know, like over there used to be the Sands. And were they so small back then or were we just smaller? You know, something like they're reminiscing yeah. about the casino world and the the it's things that they learned from Ruben and... It's, it was a nice touch. The idea that, like, what what cas the movie Casino tries to do in three hours, Ocean 13 does in, like, a five-minute scene about, like, how it's no longer the the mm -hmm. mob run era. Like, you can't just be, like, running scams on the streets in Vegas, like, amidst everything else going on. It's 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 a surprisingly, like, touching film to in that respect. Um, I do like it. And uh, Soderbergh looked like he was having fun making that film because it's pretty like kinetic and it moves real efficiently mm -hmm. so the last thing i watched this week um i rewatched a couple episodes of the blacklist which i know i've talked about on here before <laughs> um in the most uncomfortable fashion <laughs> <laughs> i won't spoil it for you brad but um i will say that Going back and rewatching some episodes after the season five finale and the revelation of a major plot point that's been teased throughout the whole series, it's I guess I just don't give the showrunners enough credit just because I see so many of the mistakes that they make with the storylines and how they're written, like her her husband and that whole bullshit. But um, I know he's dead now. Yeah, because he's, he's in a new show. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's dead. Yeah, um, I just I didn't like his character and how they had to try to keep shoehorning him back into the action and give him his own little side plot. And should have been gone after the first season. No offense to the actor. Yes. Sometimes it's not the actor. Sometimes no. it's the writing. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. He should have been gone that's after the first I mean. season. Yeah. But um, no, rewatching re those episodes now with uh, the season five finale in mind is. It's pretty interesting and sweet stuff. It's like, oh, even back then they were, hmm. So are they like onward to season six or is it kind of yeah. like maybe it might end? We don't know. No, no, they have season six is confirmed. Sorry, it's bro. not coming back till January. <laughs> so I just played footsie with Zach. Sorry. We're one step closer, guys. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah. Season six, but it's not coming back till January, so we've got a long hiatus. But that'll give me time to rewatch stuff. There you go. I kind of forgot how good the show could be. My folks are. Well, my dad's already gone through everything, but my he's catching my mom up now, so they're having fun with that. 
So, Brad, whenever season five gets posted on Netflix and you watch it, I'm really curious to hear what you think of the revelation in the finale. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Because I think, I don't know if you read it, but when I sent that email a couple weeks ago, I was like, yeah, this is something that I had been hearing from other fans for like a year and a half. It took me a while to kind of believe it. And then I was like, okay, yeah. After certain things happen, I'm like, yeah, this has to be the case because otherwise things don't make sense. So, but for you, someone who probably hasn't heard those things, I wonder how how it would stick for you if you would be like, "What? I that came out of nowhere!" <laughs> He's gonna get so angry he'll verbally abuse James Spader on Twitter, forcing him to quit Twitter. James Spader's <laughs> not James, on Twitter. James Spader be like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, t- tell me, fuck me again in my your voice. Do <laughs> yeah. you think I am a quitter? <laughs> Because James Spader seems like too cool for school. Yeah, like yeah, you, you, you try to bully him on Twitter, and he'll be like, oh, "Fuck you." He was. He doesn't know anything yeah. about social media. <laughs> yeah, like what Actually, are you trying a... to do? I'm trying to figure out. What I already have. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, you that's haven't. all I watched this week. Nice, Zach. Um, really, like very little. Um, uh, in finding out time for a documentary. Um, trying to think. No, I did not. Um. Uh, I made him work really hard yesterday, so he had no time to watch nice. anything. <laughs> work. Um, I am a slave. In prepping for the KJ Appa thing and finding that out, I'm I'm starting to watch Riverdale because both seasons are on Netflix. Um, the only reason I think I never really watched it when it first came out was just because I must have been a time issue because I was interested and curious um, of them taking the idea of Archie and the Riverdale gang and making it a teen like cw drama because I, I, like... I always have a hard time when they try to make sh- things that gritty when they shouldn't be what's interesting about this is that it plays itself like and i know you guys are not i don't know i'm not sure about you but i know you two specifically are not like twin peaks or david lynch inclined no because because that show ultimately is about the veneer of a small town being peeled back. It was like John Lynch. I mean, <laughs> David Lynch. David Lynch mixed with John Lovitz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Acting. <laughs> um, so like, I if, heard the if, Emperor if, from if, Star Wars. <laughs> no, no. So if I could describe Riverdale, yes. it's like Twin Peaks for teenagers. But it's like, but it, but it's a good thing because it's no? like it's about taking. <laughs> no, it, it's about taking the like in terms of an idea. Riverdale being that perfect town. In the comic books and everything from the 40s onward, um, taking it back and like making it like, well, it's not so perfect, and here's why. And you peel back the layer. First two episodes are really interesting. Um, uh, uh, the guy who plays Archie KJ Appa, he's really good in it. Um, one of the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody kids plays Jughead, and he's like a philosophical like downer. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. I want to see them make. The Jughead comic called The Hunger, where Jughead's a werewolf. Ooh. Can I see that one? I, 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 I and think, it's super violent and awesome. I think we need to talk to CW and <laughs> make a pitch. And even the name is awesome, um, The Hunger. So, but yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm interested in it. Like they've got, they're obviously setting up a season long like story in the first episode and whatnot. So I'm gonna keep going and see what happens with everything. But um, visually, it's pretty interesting too. Like it's, it's kind of like a, it's obviously a very gloomy look, but I like the way it's shot and whatnot. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to keep going with that and see how that all plays out. Um, and then the only other movie I watched this week was um, uh, uh, a movie called The Phantom uh, from uh, the 90s with Billy Zane because I found it at my work, and it was very, very cheap, and I was just like, 
You know, I, I remember having fun listening to the How Did This Get Made on this. I'm going to watch it again and kind of recall it. And um, I have a new title for this movie. It's called Lame Black Panther because there are literally several different things in that movie that Black Panther does extremely well that the Phantom couldn't even do. Um, if you don't know costumes, what, no, well, no, I'm talking about story things. It's not even like a co- like an aesthetic thing. Um, so uh, if you don't know the story of the Phantom, um, the Phantom is a superhero who lives in the jungle and fights jungle crimes, including pirates and mis uh, misdeeds and injustice and shit. Um, the uh, the idea of the Phantom is that he's he like everyone thinks he's an immortal being, but it's actually a mantle that's passed down from father to son, from father to son. <laughs> Very much like the Black Panther. And he slams evil. He slams evil, which is never said in the movie. Um, uh, but that's a great uh, poster tagline. Um, I would love to slam evil. Um, but uh, like, And this is the 21st iteration of the Phantom. And he's... he it, While beating up some thugs who were robbing from a cave in the jungle in, I guess, the 30s, um, he uncovers a skull... Uh, or he finds out they were trying to see, they stole a skull from the mountain and if if it matches up with two other skulls it'll create high energy that will a UFO no 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 it's not a UFO no and it's not no, crystal I feel like I've seen this movie it's not crystal skull although that's another film it could be just as good crystal skull <laughs> not lame black panther um but so uh he uh so the phantom has to like team up with his girlfriend from college i guess and try to thwart evil played by treat williams who plays a guy named xander drax um this movie is only fun for how ridiculous it is i feel bad for billy zane because i read his wikipedia page um after watching this film and it seems like he's just one of those actors who wants to have fun in whatever he's doing because he picks some interesting projects like like Titanic and um, others aside, because like he's in Demon Knight and he's fun in Demon Knight. Um, so uh, I don't know if a lot of actors really get to choose the projects they they'll they'll kind of take what well they yeah can they get. take what they can get but no like but you can still try to shoot for straight drama like in looking at his filmography there's very little straightforward he's drama. He's great in Zoolander. Yeah, he he. <laughs> it seems like if he's gonna accept a role like it's I mean Titanic seems like the most dramatic thing he's done. Um. So, but uh, he's it, great in Demon Knight. He is, as I just said. He's great in Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, he 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 emotes very well as the third person in the back. He's um, great in Demon Knight. He's great in Demon. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. He's Wait, great. Billy Zane. I heard he's great in Demon Knight. I <laughs> 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 heard that somewhere. Um. So, but yeah, no, like, there's just just a lot of like. Uh, there's a lot of problems with the film, like the fact that we don't know that the it was real, made. Or th- <laughs> that it was made. That newspaper scene. The, the, the whole thing, <laughs> really, the whole damn thing. Yes, made me laugh out loud. Re- really, do- the whole damn thing. Because it's so the, shitty. The, the, mo- the I watched mo- it recently. I'm trying to remember what was so awful about that scene. I just remember it being awful. About the news, the, the newspaper scene. Yeah, it made no sense. They're at the press or something. I'm probably remembering. I'm sorry. I please get through I, this because I, I, I just watched it today, so I don't remember this at all. But um. But no, like, and then, like, and it's also, like, as I remember from the How Did This Get Made, the, the action scenes in that are ridiculously dumb and slow. And, like, like it's almost like each actor is giving the other actor a moment to prepare to punch them 
So it looks like awkwardly staged. Um, and also, I'm going to lay claim that the Phantom is the happiest superhero um, in superhero movies because he's got a smile on his face in every damn moment in that movie. Um, and it's just, it's ridiculous. And Catherine Zeta-Jones in the movie, she plays like a, a female henchman who is super gossipy and just like fair, very, very interested in why Christy Swanson and Billy Zane are together. And, like, makes it her obsession through a majority of the movie until Christy Swanson says, like, in so many words, you're just a bitch or a sociopath or something of that nature, which then compels Catherine Zeta-Jones to turn in the movie. It's odd. This, uh, the shadow is so much better, guys. If, if, Zach, if we're going to compare the two. I don't know what the fuck you just said. You special, man. <laughs> Give me the map, Scott. Give me the map, Scott. It would be fun to do as a... If we can convince the Alamo to do like a, a film series of Dick Tracy, The Shadow, and um, The Phantom. The Phantom. Because they don't want to sell tickets? <laughs> Dick Tra- well, Dick Tracy prob- might sell. The Mile High Movie Roast guys pick all the shitty movies and they they can sell tickets. Yeah. Why can't we? Dick Tracy's the best of them. Are you going to roast three. it or are you just going to watch it? We can roast it while we do it. <laughs> Ryan's not in. No, we could so you're losing the funniest person from past. Real Nerds podcast. Yeah. So it's already gonna tank. Um, but what are anyway. you talking about? I'm gonna be there. Oh, hmm. just kidding. I don't care. Corinne, bringing the jokes. It's, wow. it's, Corinne, it's Corinne with one of those like pennant flags going, "Yay!" <laughs> are we done with the Phantom? Ooh. What else you watch? That's it. That's it. <laughs> all, right. that's all I watch this week. Brad. Let's just burn through mine so we can get through this freaking show. I can see your phone and it looks like it just has like one thing written on it. Well, I was writing down, uh, Ryan gave me an awesome idea because I've been trying to make a drive-in movie. Oh. We'll get the drive-in. And I just, I'm great at make, giving ideas. I had this like little tiny idea of like what if there was like uh, a scene in the movie they're watching and it had a moon in it and it triggered someone to like become a werewolf in their car. Yeah. It's like every time. It, it, Always down for werewolf. Yeah. They didn't know they had werewolf powers. It'd be a little like Teen Wolf. Sweet. I, I'm sure we'd try like make this like a hardcore horror film, but we'd not take it seriously and eventually be, like, just become dead. a comedy. Yeah. Um, wrong with that. So this week, a bunch of new stuff. Um, first up on uh, Netflix, I watched a movie called I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Bokeh. It's based on the blur in your uh, photographs. B o k e. It's either Boca or Bokeh. Boucher. What? Boucher. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Those little blurry dots in yeah, like photo when you take photos. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know what's anyway. Ghosts. It's like the blur of the <laughs> yes. of a soft photo. Anyway. But uh it's about these uh, this couple, they're on vacation, young couple, they're on vacation in the, in uh Iceland. Yeah, I think it's Iceland or the Netherlands. It's probably Iceland. Um whatever was isol- the isolated one. That's like an island, right? That's Iceland. Iceland, yeah. Um and they're sightseeing and then one day they go to bed, wake up, and everyone's gone. Like, as if all the people were blinked out of existence. Like, animals are still around. Uh, like, the electricity still works. The uh, internet still works. It's just, all of a sudden, all the people in the, in the country are just gone. It's a prank. They all just left. And they just wander around, trying to figure out uh, very, like, gloomy and melancholy, you know, just going around the city inspecting abandoned rooms uh trying to figure out what happened um it was the rapture and (laughs) was uh, it 
that's kind of the frustrating part of the movie is uh it's it's very slow and indie um and uh a lot of the movie is just them walking around and looking into things and sightseeing and jumping back and forth in time a little bit uh as you uh jump through their relationship because uh as the movie goes on, you kind of get the sense that uh, she's not into him as much as he is into her, and he is a little more carefree, and she's she's very much analyzing why the situation is what it is. So you know, it, you know, she's like, okay, it's survival. We got to start securing the water and finding food, and he's writing shopping carts through the sh- through the supermarket, and he almost like cracks his head open on something she's like if you die i'm the only one left so don't do that um or if you know you cut your leg and your artery spills out there's no hospital to take you to um i mean there's a hospital but there's no one to fix it so you know we're on our own and as the movie goes on she gets like worse and more scared and uh she's spiritual so she's trying to equate like is it the rapture um or is it you know something else you know they're they're constantly checking their email truman show because they think huh. like is it did everyone actually leave we don't know um and uh the frustrating thing is they never really explain wh- what happened it could be like in that episode the twilight zone where they get kidnapped by aliens so all of them I, I, no <laughs> i mean those people get kidnapped by aliens and they're put in like a recreated town or whatever yeah mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, way late, like way towards the end of the movie, they uh, he decides to take her to this beach house as a vacation. Um, and there's an old man there, so there's there, there is one other person mm-hmm. that they know of that's still around, and um, he hasn't had water and food for a while. Um, and he dies shortly after they show up. Um, but again no explanation of why he's still around. There must be some deeper thing they're trying to explain, but I can't figure it out. Um, and then eventually she just kills herself and he gets stuck alone and it just ends. So is it just the people in that area or is it people like all over the world? It like, seems like the all TV over the TV still work? Yeah. Like internet TV, like there's no, and there's still people on the TV. There's no live there's people. There's radio? programs. Oh, they never do anything with the radio but they check in like uh, traffic cams to see other parts of the world what's going on there's just nothing's there hmm. like they, i think they take a they find a camera in venice or something and it's the, the town square is just abandoned so yeah but so it's what? sort of interesting and then it just kind of leaves you hanging nowhere. so that's kind of a bummer <laughs> but uh, there might be a deeper meaning that i'm not catching hello it is an indie movie, after all. Yeah, it's so. probably supposed to examine like the human condition or some bullshit. And the girl is the uh, the actress from um, uh, what's it called? It follows. Oh, yeah, I like her. So uh, then I also got to see a uh, advanced screening of Tag. I know you liked it. It was fun. How was it? <laughs> it, it was fun. Uh, it's. Uh, I I think the the everyone knows the synopsis of it's. Based on a true story, these uh, friends from elementary school, they've been playing tag for the month in the month of May since elementary school. And uh, one of them is getting married and he's threatening to retire from the game and he's never been tagged. Um, and so Ed Helms, 
uh, Jeremy Renner is the one who's the the expert tag player, and uh, Ed Helms gets the gang back together to you know we got to tag him before he retires you know, um, and uh, you learn about the relationships of all these different people and uh, you know how they've sort of grown apart a little bit and why the he's so anxious to get the gang back together before he does retire, um, and, and there's just like. Uh, like Jeremy Renner's ninja expert level, <laughs> the way they portray him getting out of all these situations is just, just great. And Helms' wife is way too intense, but she's not allowed to play the game. Um, so she's constantly cheering on uh, from the sidelines. Um, so how does that work? If you get tagged and you're it and then you retire, does the last person who was it is still it or are you it and you have to, how does that work? Um, they address that in the movie. This like really I think hard goes, hitting question. I think it goes back to whoever was tagged before that guy. Um, yeah, they don't really explain that part. There, there's something spoilery that I don't want to like reveal that kind of answers your question. Mm. So, um, but uh, he doesn't retire. Often, he stays in it. Often uh, throughout the game, they'll like purposely tag other people to like. There's this chase scene through the woods, and like uh, someone gets caught up in like a, a net trap um and he's the person who's currently it but in order to get jeremy renner they purposely tag another guy in the group so that he can go chase after jeremy renner and stuff and um that sequence is fun because it's like a jeremy renner creates like a mind game of like a horror film and it's a little bit like predator <laughs> they like <laughs> they'll have like the sound effect of like uh how you like search through the woods <laughs> like <laughs> yeah and then uh like one was like leaning against a tree and like he comes up behind with like chloroform and stuff it's yeah uh pretty fun so yeah check that out when it comes out i think in two weeks yep i know you like it because spoiler alert i follow you on letterboxd <laughs> <laughs> um and i also watched uh blockers oh which uh actually was also kind of fun not as not quite as i guess smartest i thought tag was um but uh as it didn't the trailer seemed like a lot of like a lot of dumb teen jokes, um, but it's actually uh, pretty pretty solid. Uh, these three adults, their kids are going to prom, just like the trailer says. They have the sex pack to all lose, their, lose their virginity on prom night. Um, but as you as the night goes on, you kind of realize like the mom. It's not so much about them trying to stop them as like they have deficiencies in their own life that they're projecting onto their kids. So like. The mom is a single mom, and her daughter's her best friend. Um, and the, uh, the daughter like wants to go to a college that isn't the one her mom went to. So on top of that, like she's also losing her best friend, and she can't let go. Um, John Cena's uh, character, he uh, has like raised his daughter to be super smart, but he just won't trust her, um, even though she constantly makes good de- good decisions. Um, and then Ike Barinholtz's uh, character, he's been a fuck up his whole life. Um, so he just wants to like do one good thing for his daughter. Um, yeah. And then like she's, she's gay and he knows that, but she does things throughout the night that like surprises him and makes him think like that she is straight. So he freaks out that he doesn't know his daughter that well. Um, but she's just experimenting and he doesn't, she's not sure herself. Because she's like dating the like this drama guy, um, who might also be gay. So yeah, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of any fun sequences. Yeah, the, and the kids aren't like like the kids are good at comedy too. So 
was fun. What kind of a letter grade would you give it? I can give it like a B plus. Like tags an A. Okay. Yeah. And I just clicked off my thing. And also, uh, I guess the last thing I watched was Hotel Artemis. Hmm. Um, which from the trailer seems like uh, like another uh, Lucky Number Slevin or Smoking Aces. Smoking Aces. And yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's got like that... Uh, Does it have like the it's too cool vibe to it? It does. It's like that script that... Uh, like a director who likes action movies like right out of film school makes mm-hmm. um, everyone's like all the actors are fun in it but you're just at the end of the movie I'm just like I don't know why this movie is what it is yeah because it um, Jodie Foster is nurse uh, she is um, she runs this hospital for criminals in LA that's in, currently in LA like there's riots and um, there's one like gang lord Jeff Goldblum, um, you find out later. Uh, so it's all based on a true story. <laughs> yeah, and like the citizen citizenry has risen up and they're taking back the city. So there's like these riots going on and like helicopters mm-hmm. falling out of the sky. It's like chaos, and uh, um, this one group of thieves try to rob a bank. They're unsuccessful. They get shot. They go to the hospital for Jodie Foster to fix them, and then uh, Charlie Day's there already, and then Sophia Batella. Um, Charlie Day's like an arms dealer, and Sophia's an assassin. Huh? It's a good cast. It's a good cast, and they uh, Dave Batista is the assistant, uh, nurse's assistant. Um, Do people see him? Hmm? Do people yeah. see Dave Batista? <laughs> well, he's always walking around, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, he never stands in one place for too long. And, uh, yeah, and it's, it's really just... Um, dialogue trying to be witty and it's it basically all takes place inside either the hotel or just outside it and um like uh jody foster works for jeff goldblum so it's like his operation for criminals Mm. um but he gets shot and then um oh what's his name from um who plays new spock zachary kinto yeah he's like this uh or he's jeff goldblum's son but he's like got a loose screw and he's like super angry all the time and so that's like the threat is if like she can't save jeff goldblum um uh he's gonna flip out and kill everybody but there's also oh yeah someone else uh who played the cop i forget so so they rescue like a injured police officer from who like uh crawled up to the hospital and so there's not allowed to be police officers inside the hospital so they're constantly like trying to shuffle through the different rooms like not let jeff goldblum's people know that they're there or else they'll be killed and that yeah that's about it like (laughs) yeah yep yep too cool for school oh and then jodie foster has this subplot of like her uh kid died at the hands of the gangs or something um so she's like checked out and like resigned her life to just doing this but then it find you should finds out that like jeff goldblum was involved in part of it chaos it's like i don't understand how she didn't probably already know that mm-hmm. seems like the grandmaster killed her parents he's public enemy number one so it was probably him yeah that trailer for peppermint looks awesome said jennifer garner like taken movie where her family's shot in a drive-by shooting and then she it looks like, like the exact version or like the storyline of the punisher but it's a woman yep 
And it's cool to see Jennifer Garner like badass again. She's great in um, Alias. Uh, I watched. Oh, it f- sorry. Also, <laughs> South Park season twenty one came out. Nice. And uh, that's a lot of fun. They they went back to they stopped doing the serialized season. Although there's like one thread that does carry through, but they're back to being episodic mostly. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. South Park is brilliant. Yeah, consistently. Uh, this week I watched a few things. I watched this. Sh- uh, show on netflix uh called last boom. <laughs> boom, boom. sorry i also watched the joel McHale show, <laughs> penis joel McHale McHale. show with penis yeah. McHale. and they always do that every time they yep. mention netflix they boom, put boom. sound effects in uh it's called uh last shift and it's about a rookie cop's first night on the job is she's staying behind at the police station they're closing down waiting for someone to take all the biohazardous material out of a police station um and so uh it the police station's haunted and it's actually better than I thought it was going to be because the box art is garbage. But I heard that don't judge it. It's one of those when I go to bloodydisgusting.com and I say, hey, this movie's better than you think it is. And it's uh, and it was. I mean, it's pretty gory. And there's some I don't know. I don't get scared in movies very much. It has some cool images. You can tell it's, it's is it accurate to the badge? No. <laughs> uh, your first day by yourself, you're with somebody. Like, you have to go through FTO, which is three months. They just don't put you by yourself in a police station and be like, meh, well, see you later. And then there's this homeless guy who's pissing in the police station she's at. So she arrests him and puts him in the holding cell, but doesn't do anything, just leaves him there. He dies eventually. <laughs> also, no precinct is haunted. Come on, guys. No such thing as a cop ghost. Do you know that? Ooh, no. Maybe there's a pizza ghost. Um <laughs> That's my favorite character on Joe McHale's show. Um, I watched Black Panther. It's awesome. Wakanda forever. Um, the, so not the Phantom. Yeah. Uh, the 4K is amazing. Um, it, what I does love it of, make Chadwick Boseman look even sexier? It does. It's the purples pop off him a lot more. Um, well, you know, that's the thing I love about 4K is not so much like the picture looks better, but the colors are amazing. So the part where he's lying in the red sand mm-hmm. just looks stunning. And when he goes to the place where I, I call it the pride lands where he goes and sees Mufasa. Like the ancestral yeah, plane. Um, is pretty great. Uh, I rewatched Black Christmas. I'll, I'll post my review of the Scream Factory version of it. Uh, Henry's posted stuff. We posted our show, so I don't want to post anything. I mm-hmm. kind of let that stuff breathe. Um, Black Christmas is like one of the original slasher films, though, and it has uh, maybe the most one of the most iconic lines in slasher movie history or horror movie history is, the house, the call's coming from inside the house. Um, I also watched uh, Blackula, which is the black exploitation version of Dracula. Um, which <laughs> it's not a, it's not a bad movie. It's actually pretty straightforward Dracula movie. <laughs> so in it, uh, Dracula is hosting uh, a African prince at his stately Transylvanian castle, and he turns him into a vampire. And the beginning of the movie, he goes, "I shall name you." Blackula! <laughs> yes. And he, um... Come get your new car! <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so... So, Blackula is a black vampire. I know, creative. What? Um, and it's, like... It's weird watching a movie from that time period because they, they drop, like, uh, the F word and not the fuck word, and it's really... And the N word. Y- yeah, ex- no, they do, and it's, like... Yeah, it's it, quotation, maybe. It's really weird, and it's kind of jarring because those words... I actually don't think they use the N-word because it's P- It's a PG movie, but they're allowed to use a hard F. But I'm like, that's weird. And and even there's like this part where these cops are trying to find these 
guys who were killed by Blackula, whose bodies are missing now. And he's like, well, if you see one, you see another. They're all the same. <laughs> Talking about gay guys. I'm like, what the fuck? Um, and there actually is some pretty uh, provocative and scary scenes in it. Um, the ending is pretty cool. Uh, so anyways, he comes back and his one love is reincarnated in this lady in uh, is it L.A.? New York? No, New York? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Metropolis? And so... I think it's L.A. Uh, so she goes there, and he turns her into a vampire, and then when they go to kill Blackula, they accidentally kill her instead, and so he walks out and kills himself. Um, and then I watched the sequel, Scream, Blackula, Scream, and he's it's back. not as great. <laughs> Actually, I think it's better. Really? I think it's tighter, uh, and it has a bigger budget. So in this one, in the first Blackula, when the Draculas die by the sun, they don't show them die. They... This one, like, lady uh, vampire dies. He goes, well, the sun killed her. And they literally, like, look on the ground, never cut to the ground. They're just (laughs) explaining that she's dead. Um, Scream, Blackula screams a little tighter. Um, uh, The guy who plays uh, Blackula is really good, though. Um, I forget his name. He's really good, though. Uh, The movies, they're fun. I mean, take them for what they are. They're not horrible. It's, It's a lot more, like straightforward than you'd think from that title. Yeah. Because that title gets thrown around a lot. <laughs> it is a long-running joke, but, it, it, I mean, he's a, he's a... Maybe he's just a black dude who's a vampire. Yeah. And there's a pretty cool chase scene where they have, like, funk music going. It's like... And, like, Blackula's running, and then he, like, breaks a cop's neck instead of drinking his blood. I don't know. Um, you hear, like, a flute going in the background? <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched... He takes a knee. Uh, Daddy's Home 2. And I really like the first Daddy's Home. And what I love about these movies is they're pretty straightforward family comedies, but then they have really bizarre humor in it. Um, scenes that don't make sense. I don't know how to describe You have to watch them. Uh, Mel Gibson's in it. John Lithgow. Uh, Mel Gibson's okay. Um, in it, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell are now co-dads. And, um, yeah, it's just goofy and funny. I, I mean, I think they're pretty fun movies, but they're not. I like the first one enough. Yeah. I wanted to see the second one, but we had other things to see those days, yeah, I think. It's not like I rushed out to see it. Yeah. Um, it's fun. Uh, I, I watched Jurassic World again. I still think it's more fun than these guys give it credit for. Um, well, good for you. I've only yeah. I've only seen it the one time in the theaters, and that's not because I hate I think it. it's a fun movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take any time Dinosaurs fight. I'll, prob- I'll probably rewatch it before uh, Fallen Kingdom. And the last thing I watched is I finally got around to watching Rick and Morty. <laughs> it's uh, pretty brilliant, and it's really uh, funny. Um, Rick is Morty's grandfather, and he always takes him out of school to go on like interdimensional worlds. So they always go to some different world, and you so like commit a crime. Or something. Yeah, and so I mean, the one I just watched, I think it's the fourth or fifth episode, is they go inside some like drunken Santa's body where uh, Rick has made an amusement park like Disney World, <laughs> yep. and it's like Pirates of the Pancreas. <laughs> and um, and the thing with Rick is he's an alcoholic, so throughout the every time he's talking to Morty. He always says, what do you think about that, Morty? And then the character will always, like, verp. He's like, yeah. <laughs> it's so bizarre. But I think it's really funny. And it's uh, it definitely takes a little bit to get going. Um, but once you kind of get into the world of Rick and Morty, it's pretty funny. Just wait. The second season has a has a couple scenes that will actually make your heart break. No, I, I'm, I'm having fun watching it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay, I haven't been able to get into it. No, I'm, I must be broken. broken. I, I find it funny, but I also like it's it's one of many things I've seen too. So it's not like an obsession. I think this no. the th- oh, the whole thing with the so- dipping sauce thing that they've had on the internet has actually kind of pissed me off, to be honest. I tried that; it's not that great. 
Yeah, uh, no, the show's funny. Yeah, I like Dan Harmon. Um, oh, he's funny because you know Community they're putting out on Blu-ray finally, so I can watch Troy and Abed in the morning in HD. Um, in HD. Uh, so yeah, it's Dan Harmon's fun. Uh, it's a fun show. It's goofy. If you like cartoons that have adult humor, yeah. watch it. Yep, that's what I watched this week. Uh, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Ocean's 8. Cringe of people drop their hard-earned oh, money. Oh, ask me first. Okay, uh, Zach, should people go see Ocean's 8? Yeah, I think you should. Um, it's it's a it's a fun uh, it's a fun summer flick, like just a good old-fashioned conflict. Um, I, uh, I, I appreciated that Gary Ross, the director, kept the style of the previous three films in terms of like visual aesthetic and tone and attitude. And just kind of and like those weird told, transitions. Yeah, and just told a different story with different characters, and um, there's a few surprises along the way, and it's um, it's actually pretty efficient, like like in the same way of thirteen was, like it's pretty quick. It's not it's not like drawn out or something, you know. So like I I appreciated that it like your explanation. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, go watch Ocean's Eight. <laughs> Cringe if people go see Ocean's Eight. I went to you second this time. Oh, thank you. Yep. Um. I don't know. I I think it's kind of a niche movie. I think if you liked the previous ones, you'll probably enjoy this. But I do think it like the cast is fantastic, but I think it suffers from writing problems. Mm -hmm. But Zach's right. It does move very quickly. So if you don't like whatever's going on in the scene, it's not going to be on screen for very long. So you can just kind of sit back and enjoy the ride. Um, It's fun. I I guess I would be like John Mulaney and say, I wouldn't not recommend it. But, yeah, I guess, sure. If you want to go see it, go see it. Brad? Uh, so, I up until a couple minutes ago, I always said that I haven't seen any Oceans movies. And I, just, I remembered I did see 13. Uh, so, I was going to say this is the only Oceans movie I've ever seen. Um, but I, I it's, this is a movie that exists. Um, and the other problem is that when I saw it last night, I was half an hour early to the screening and I didn't get served until 15, 20 minutes in. And when the guy finally did come by, he was like, uh, we're going to be dropping our checks in like 15 minutes. So I can kind of start one of these things. And I was like, don't worry about it. Mm. Don't hurt yourself. So I was in a bad mood <laughs> <laughs> trying to follow the beginning of the movie. Um, I, th- I think all the people in it are entertaining. So why was he dropping the checks so early? Because it was like 10... 10- I mean, this screening was a 1030 screening, so I he's guess it like, was like 11 like, o'clock. fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, he's like, he tries, like, would you like to talk to him? I'm like, I'm trying to watch the movie. Just fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys blew it. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, they're like on their third strike. I've had some bad times at the Alamo lately hmm. between the Deadpool thing and this. And this kind of happened like two screens before, uh, but they actually served me. Um yeah, and the, the the people in the movie are fun. Uh, the, the plot, I just wasn't like, oh, this is interesting. And then it has like a twist. And I'm like, oh, okay. Didn't need that, but thank you. So it's a movie that's there. Yeah, uh, I'm on in Brad's shoes. I, I don't think Sandra Bullock's very fun in it. She's not like Danny Ocean fun. And uh, I like Kate Blanchett. Uh, we know you do. Yeah, I know. She's one of my favorites. Um did Danny Ocean die in 13? I don't remember that. No, no but they made they died. made sure they reminded you all the time that Danny Ocean was dead and that they were related. And that was kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it, there's parts that were really fun in it. Um, 
I think Anne Hathaway was really great in the film. Again, it exists, and but I just because Sandra Bullock is isn't as fun as George Clooney, so because I'm now I'm stuck with her, and then they have a couple scenes with her and uh, Kate Blanchett, like when she's like, "I'll talk about it later," but it it just was that scene didn't need to be in the movie, um, and where you thought it moved fast, I thought a couple times it dragged, uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's not like a, a horrible movie, it's just not one of my favorites this year. Uh, here's a trailer for Ocean's Eight. Good afternoon, Miss Ocean. As you know, parole is a privilege. It's a mistake, uh, but it, it happened. And um, if I were to be released, I would. Um, <clears throat> I would just want the simple life. I just want to hold down a job, make some friends. You know, pay my bills. Even if this was possible, you'd need 20 people. Seven people. Why do you need to do this? Because it's what I'm good at. How long would it take you to make seven pieces of jewelry? Five or six hours. How long if I told you you didn't have to live with your mother anymore? You sleep tomorrow, plus quick, what do you need here? Less. You keep playing where you shouldn't be playing. What's your name? Name Wall. What's your real name? Eight Ball. You keep thinking that I'm going to be really poor. What if we could make all this go away? I just found me a brand new box to match it. Can I get my watch back, please? And hers as well? Sorry. It's okay. What he knows you ain't had time to learn. I am with my family. I told you not to. I'm in your garage. Do you want me to tell you how big a job No, is? I'm out. I'll tell you how big the job is. I'll be back before you know. Can I come with you? This is Mommy's very special work trip. Three and a half weeks, the Met will be hosting its annual ball. And we are going to rob it. Not the ball itself. Oh. On the neck of Daphne Kluger. Valued at over a hundred million dollars. The hundred and fifty million, actually. <laughs> Revenge. It's a twofer. That's just what they do. do not run a job in a job. Swift? Can't we just go to this? Do we have to steal stuff? Yes. Is it genetic? Are the whole family like this? Literally. If I had one problem with the film, it's what you just mentioned with the Danny Ocean thing. I don't think it really like that could have been just a five minute thing at the beginning and that's it. Well, I don't think you even need a minute. Not, like, not even yeah, no. not even that. Like, but because all it does too is she does have the great line where she says, "You better be in there." I kept on waiting for him to line. show up at the that's, end, and that and I would have loved that. But I also like that final moment where what she is George says, Clooney "You doing right now?" Um, being married, being a dad, and, I guess being, that's cool. Yeah, being married, a dad, and He's running a cool around dude. the world. Um, trying to make monuments men too. Um, <laughs> said no one. Any, any, <laughs> said no me. One. I'm the only one member of the fan club. <laughs> um, collecting no, those suburban checks. <laughs> but my issue with that is that there's an interesting story to make Debbie Ocean interesting, I guess, by showing her like that she's not. It's not beholden to 
trying to get back a man or anything. It's actually to get back at him. And, like, that's it. Like, that's all that that man has in her relationship. While at the same time, like, she really admires her brother. And, like, that's why I, I, I kind of like that last scene where she, like, makes a martini in front of his grave and says you would have loved it. But I'm also not, like, super thrilled with it because I don't feel the film sets or gives me a reason to make that payoff, like, enjoyable. I like it in theory, I guess. It was really heavy-handed. Yeah, it's heavy-handed yeah. in a film that has been light and fun for the most part. Yeah, and I mean, it's cool. I mean, like I said earlier, I do like caper films, and it's it's fun, like the setup. Um, and that's all I really needed from this film. Like, that's all you need to do. Like, none of the Ocean's films are, like, incredibly deep, and nor, they, yeah. nor do they need to be. But, you know, what I will say, and I, I think just, I think the original Ocean films, mm-hmm. I think the cast seem like they're having more fun. This one, it it, it it wavered with me. Kate Blanchett's good. I actually think Rihanna was pretty good in it. Um, I didn't like the pickpocket lady. I was like, yeah, Aquafina. Oh, I thought she was fun. Yeah, I thought she was the most fun of them. Yeah, she's all right. That, oh, that great but, shot where she's tumbling under each bathroom stall and locking it is pretty neat. Yeah, but. Do the other films like do, does the caper go as smoothly as this one? Because no, that's no. that's the other thing. Like this film, like there's very little. There's no Brad Pitt no, eating no, all the time. Trouble or it's like, like a per- blueprint or perceived trouble that pays off. Like like what what makes the first Ocean's film really really fun is that much like even the original one, uh, they don't. Danny goes back to prison at the end of the first one, like and then the second and third. Um, kind of run the same way actually that Ocean's 8 does where they get away with it and it generally goes off pretty well and any loophole is kind of like explained in their you know retroactive fashion but like what makes the first one good is because like Danny knows all along he's going back to prison he knows that he's not going to walk off into the sunset at the very end of this film whereas everything else is kind of like predicated on uh, in these other films is more of like well how are they going to get away with it and walk walk around cool to Frank Sinatra which is something I love, but I will admit it is a flaw. And in this film in particular, I feel like the issue that I have with it is, is that we, we, we want to, we really want to stretch that this is stress that this is your new group and whatnot. I love Anne Hathaway's twist, but the delivery in that moment with her, like, even though she's amazing in that moment, like I can tell that there's like some forced chemistry there, like or like like an attempt at forced chemistry that just isn't working. Or even just her reasoning. That yeah. was one of the things I thought of later. I'm like, could, I hated her she, reason. Like she, she I don't could, have a lot of female let friends. Let Corinne yes. talk for a little. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh I don't. She's care. been waiting to get in. Um. Yeah. I just I didn't like that explanation. I felt. I mean, it stood up when I watched the movie, but then I thought about it later. I'm like, that was really weak. It seemed to me like okay, so. So she's like, I don't have a lot of female friends, and then they hang out for, like, I don't know, a week while they set up the whole thing with Richard Armitage and capturing him, but then they all go their separate ways after that. So it was like, what was even the point of getting in on it if you were just looking for more female friends? Like, why not say, I was researching a role, or, hey, I just wanted, like, $16 million, or I thought it sounded, like, fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would have loved it if she was just, like, I was bored. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think that would be more in character for her. Yeah, and, uh, I... Yeah, I I just thought she's great as being the daffy kind of, oh, I don't know what's going on, um, actress, you know, when she's crying about her <laughs> the necklace. Yeah. and uh, it, It's fun. I also and, couldn't tell from what I remember of the scene where they bring her into the group 
did they say when they told her about was it before the heist or was it after the heist it's after the heist but they like offhandedly said like yeah she caught us uh so we brought her in today yeah tell you guys you know in my screening when james corden showed up people cheered like they were really excited to see him and he's he's fun in it but i again it is like his end game doesn't make sense to me so he meets debbie in a diner and then he's like oh yeah i know you stole it why didn't he just turn her in too because that doesn't make any sense to me. I guess he has a history with like. Yeah. Well, I know he has a history, and he just wants to recover the diamonds. But he knows that he's she's setting up somebody else. And he's like, meh, whatever. I get it back. You may just be tired of playing with the Ocean Family at that Maybe. point. Maybe, yeah. but like also like there's there's both a lot of setup and not a lot of setup for that for well, they, for those moments yeah. to pay off. They but, do get all the jewels back, or the the single the Tucson they do get all of yeah, that but back. I mean it, it's there, there's some moments that I really did enjoy I loved when they got the old actresses to play mm-hmm. the, the women collecting the money from the necklace oh, they broke yeah, up mm-hmm. the and it's yeah. great old actresses and they're all amazing in their roles mm-hmm. um, I think it, it, the movie moves well and it carries well but then there's some drag parts in it, um, it I, I have to think really hard I can't really remember off the top of my head but there's some parts I'm like, oh, this is taking forever. And going oh, back, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Going back to like a plot where like there's very little things. D- everything seems to go right. Like the only times it doesn't is the the glasses. Like oh, it's it's not scanning, so we got to move the whole scene like upstairs so the Wi-Fi can work, so mm-hmm. the glasses can scan it. And then they make a big deal about oh, oh the the necklace is magnetic. You have to have a special uh, magnet to unlock it. And then they go through this whole scene of like getting Rihanna's sister to show up, and like she just makes this thing that magically. Yeah, does what does it. she even do in real? I don't know what her she really did. It just seems convenient. Like, oh well, we need a key, so mm-hmm. she know her sister does this stuff so she can make the key. And then they go to the party, and it, it the the security guys know the only thing they can take it off is to have this special key. So when they're trying to like track down who, like, stole the necklace. Like, they don't immediately just go straight to the bathroom because, like, how else would it? It wouldn't just fall off in the toilet. Like, yeah. it doesn't do that. So, yeah, that was dumb. And there's a fun scene with uh, Mindy Kaling. I thought at the beginning with her mom mm-hmm. it was pretty fun. Um, but the, the scene I was talking about when we did this little tease is when um, Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock have the "You're not doing this to get back at that guy, are you?" Like scene. I oh, that scene dragged for me. And it seemed really unnecessary. I think they could have ex. That scene, and we still would have understood what she was doing, right? Um, I think like I still think. I mean, I still stand by my like. Should you go see it? Like, yeah, go see it. It's a fun, fun ass flick. Like, it's a fun time in the movies. But the script does feel like now that I like kind of like process it in my head that it was written by a guy who liked a lot of certain parts about the Ocean's Eleven movies but didn't understand how to write an Ocean's Eleven movie. Like, Ted Griffin, the guy who wrote the first one and kind of worked with Intangent on the other two, kind of knew the, like, how do you make this cool? It's not just, like, it's, and, like, it's, it's, it's just about, like, how do you write those characters? It's not about who you place in them. Like, you get the best actor in the world, it still may not be right for them and whatnot. I'm not saying any of the cast is uh, miscast, but something's not like there, something's not as magic you're right as the there, first one there, there needs to, the lead character has to be more fun and Sandra Bullock is not fun in the movie I will say that it was kind of neat to see her little kind of character introduction after she gets out of prison and she does like the little shoplifting yeah. binge yeah 
because we never get to see anything like that from Danny, mm -hmm. where he does like kind of little small cons just mm -hmm. to get by. We see him more yeah. of like the mastermind. Yeah, yeah. No, that, I mean that part was fun when she was arguing with the lady at the makeup counter, and mm -hmm. she says, "Fine, I'll just keep him. Can I get a bag?" And just you know, swindling that stuff. But the like, rest of the time, she's just there. I like the line. Uh, I've got forty-five bucks. I can go anywhere I want. <laughs> like I, I just like this was actually like. I'm going to go in the opposite direction because I'm never a Sandra Bullock fan that often. And this is a Sandra Bullock film that I enjoyed. I enjoyed her in the movie because all she had to do was kind of like just be the ringleader. I didn't need anything too charismatic out of it, you know. And like She's the Nick Fury. She's not the Iron Man. You know, like, it, uh, yeah, I guess to a degree. Yeah. But, like, you know, also, like. And how long was Elliot Gould waiting for her at the tomb? That, so, <laughs> so, like, the, so out of all the, like, cameos in the world that could have been hidden, like, they kept trying to say, like, oh, it's Matt Damon and uh, Carl Reiner. It's like, no, it's Elliot Gould and uh, Shanbo Quinn from uh, the first three. Well, Matt Damon was in it, but, but his scene him, was cut, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Elliot Gould being in there, I'm just kind of like, well, I guess he's a fun actor. He's uh, he's great. It's just like you know, like how you could have cut him fine. Like having having um, Yen in the movie, I thought yeah, like, that was, that's that's a great moment. That was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That could have been. I liked him in the first one, and that could have been your only connection to the other three, and it would have been fine. Yeah. See, and here's the biggest problem I have with the movie is. Why didn't they tell the other girls about the rest of the heist? Like the big part of, you know, stealing all the crown I jewels. I guess they just assumed they'd fuck it up if they knew. I don't yeah. see how because, I mean, they do the thing with like the selfie sticks. Yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. we just took a picture and then it, like, it's they didn't think about it for 20 minutes or something. I guess Mindy Kaling knew. But it's kind of like, yeah. but the, like in, in the other three, like they keep stuff from uh, Linus and stuff like that. Like there's certain things that they keep from other people in the group. But at least for um, like Nineball, why wouldn't they have her, you know, play the hacker, the overview kind of person and like, okay, somebody's coming, like, you know, Sandra, you get out there and you distract them with your German or something. They might have figured it needed uh, the expertise of Yen. I don't know. That's what kind of bugs me is like, it seems like the heist is so convoluted. Uh, and like so technology driven and like a lot of things have to line up uh, for and to she work. apparently planned it over five years in prison yeah how does she know about all these things like a heist movie I like is the score where it shows you in detail and it's like very like um, not digital but analog like Rob De Niro has to like get real world application for stuff whereas like the stuff with the glasses is just like oh that's an easy way to like <laughs> duplicate the it and you, and and you have to remember, like in the first, like in the first one, and even the second and third, like they're predicating a lot of stuff on like the the emergence of technology, but not solely relying on it. So they're able to blend the two very well. Whereas in this one, everything's pretty much like we're at the point now where everything's very very digital and very little analog. So, which makes Yen's scene even cooler, and even like and also with Kate Blanchett like participating in it as well, and just like. You know, like, if I'm going to nitpick on it, yeah, I'm going to find problems. But, like, I kind of, like, as a whole, I really, like, I, I'd watch it again. And de I'm definitely going to own it as a completist. Yeah, so. I feel like it's more compelling if, like, yeah, they have a plan, but it doesn't work. So they have to improvise and figure out how to do the same thing on mm -hmm. the fly. I, I think it's just more interesting. Whereas this just seemed like, yep, everything I said was going to work worked. So, mm -hmm. and better because we got extra stuff. <laughs> yep. Uh, next week on Real Nerds, we're seeing Incredibles 2. Should be fun. Excited. Love the first film. 
You can also see us at Denver Comic Con all weekend long. Maybe. In many venues, you can record on our show. I'll be at a lot of panels. We might even talk about Incredibles 2 there. Who knows? Yeah. Hold on to your butts. Bye. Bye. Thanks for coming, friend. All right. Thanks, guys. Good luck with Comic-Con. Yay. Yay. Yay.